on. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Here we go. Um, nut beer. Nut beer. It is strange asking for a beer called a nut. Because mm. I was listening to a podcast driving here and they were talking about busting a nut. Ooh. And now, anyway. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> I did have my uh, doubts when I saw it on the menu. But the tasting thing was pretty good. Yeah. One of the nicer ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you kicked back for a weekend? Without kids? Yo. Long time ago. Long, long, long time ago. Is it that ago. big a deal? I don't have kids. Look, it's... It's just you and I, don't you? Yeah, don't yeah, no, to, no. Don't I mean, you, and I mean, you know, I mean, I, I love my, my boys and things, and it's... Um, I think it, it's more, to be honest with you, it's more for Judy than for me. Yeah. Like, because for me, I'm... More, more what? This breakaway. Oh, right, 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 okay. And that's the reason, so for those of you that don't know, the, the kids are with my parents and they're going to be there for about two weeks. And I mean, I fly to India on Wednesday, so I won't see my kids for, geez, like maybe six weeks. I didn't six, think about that. Close to seven weeks. But for Judy's sake, I think, like I said, it's more for her than, than for me. Because I mean, she asked, should we go back and get the kids on Monday? When you leave here. When we leave here. And I said, well, it's, it's up to you. I know you want some time. I'd obviously love to see the kids before I go to India, but you also need some time alone. And because it is, it's, it's a 24 hour job. It literally starts from five o'clock in the morning. Not sure. And it's, it's nice not to worry about anything at this stage. You know, you can, like we were saying, you could wake up like, okay, cool. What are we going to do today? Let's go shopping. And the weird thing is we don't, we don't know what to do when we're alone anymore. It's a weird thing. Like I think I don't think it's just you. I think it's society as a whole. Yeah. We we're, we're always driven. It's always it's always what's next? What's my calendar say? Yeah. But you and I got to the coffee shop this morning, it's like now what? Yeah. It's a bit bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You get and it's it's a weird thing. You get so busy with day to day life, work, being a parent, being um, a friend or a husband or wife, whatever it might be, that you almost feel guilty when you have some time yes. and you're like Shit, you know, I can actually. What, what, do, what do I feel like doing now? You the feel super the huge guilty. Thing there, hey? Yeah. The guilt thing because when you take care of yourself. Yeah. Fuck, it's huge. Yeah. People are. And I don't know if COVID is a good or a bad thing, but feeling guilty when you take care of yourself or you take your own time. Yeah. But then again, look, I mean, your kids are amazing. They're rock stars, but fuck, they're busy. Very busy. <laughs> but that's exactly the way no I want it. You know, if, if if you have, I mean, we've got two boys and. That's what boys are supposed to do. They're supposed to sure. stir shit up and... You're going to have all your days when they get older. Oh, man. It's, but I can't I, wait to have a couple of drinks with them. But I look forward to it. That's going to be you know, cool. It's, um, I look for, like I love naughty kids, but it's just, as a parent, you, you're always stressing, like, yeah. shit, you know, are they going to break a leg or break something? Because it's never too far away. I, <laughs> I've seen them play in the garden. Yeah. It, it must have. Has it happened? Broken legs, touch wood, no. Okay. Um, no, they haven't, I don't know how, but they haven't had big injuries yet. It's, go, it's coming, it's coming, no, it's no given. doubt. It's, given. it's funny, I was speaking to one of my clients and the whole thing that you say of time for your own, like for you, for Judy, for me, for whoever, mm. and it's gotten to a point, and I think COVID maybe, but if I say, or if this person says to his partner, listen, I need some time on my own, yeah. the immediate thing is, why, what did I do? Yeah. And I think the ability to be on your own is a huge deal. It is. It's a huge deal. It People is. underestimate what it does for you. Yeah. Big time. And I think it's, 
there's there's something to be said loving your own time and I think I've gotten to a stage now where I don't know what my own time is it almost scares me in a way like I was saying to you yesterday that for the first time I'm a super chill traveler I'm in like a pack the day before mm. everything is fine and now all of a sudden it's like the thought of me being away for a month in a place that I haven't been to in three years yeah. to you know even just the sort of I don't know how many hours, 18 or 16 hours of travel it is, whatever. To do it by myself, mm. it feels very, very weird. It, it weird is. as in what? Like you don't want to do it. You want to do it, but you're not sure you're mixed feet. What is it? I want to do it, but it's like I'm going by myself. You know, what am I going to do by myself? What am I, what's, what's my, on my, <laughs> what, what am, what's going to go on in my mind? And I think the, with the regulations, you know the paperwork that you need that has brought a extra stress element into the whole thing mm. you know do i have the right paperwork do i have my pcr tests and stuff done and like the thing that almost irritates me in a way is a lot of these things especially the pcr test you have to do it the day before you travel so it's not like you can prepare a week in advance yeah. and have all of your ducks in a row it's like and then what if you test positive now then there's that stress element could you be well. a false positive could be could be so there's that extra where it used to be in the past it used to be a passport and maybe a visa that you need Off done you now it's like pcr test and these um the qr codes and do you do you worry about the actual safari with guests no okay no. maybe worry is the wrong word is there a different feeling about that part of it because we've been traveling a shitload before COVID. yeah and the paradigm has shifted. Everything is different. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's that the fear of the unknown again. Mm. Because, yes, I've been to India, but like I said, it was three years ago. So it's that, yeah. okay, what was that experience like again? You know, <laughs> how can I prepare my guests as best as I possibly can? Yeah. I know from like the teaching side and the hosting side, I've got no problem. It comes but natural. It comes natural. But it, it is that, you know, you're going to a, a new destination again. Mm. Um, and just to get into that flow and things and also i think that the the time as well i've always been a firm believer it's, it's a mindset thing so whether you go for a week or two weeks or yeah, a month yeah, you, yeah. you can prepare yourself mentally yeah. for it so i'm not worried about the tired thing it's just i don't know i think maybe the conversation we started this morning over breakfast was the whole thing when we were younger how much time you had mm. and it was from a business point of view as well so now, and now, I mean, I was in early on answering emails on my phone. Yeah. In the past, if I leave the office or if I'm going away for the weekend, you don't talk to me. You can't get hold of me. And I think we're missing that. Yeah. Not we, all of us. All of us. All of us. Huge. Yeah. And it's, it's an irritating thing because often if you're bored, and I've actually sort of tried to make a point of focusing on myself when I do that, but you have like five seconds where there's nothing going on. What's the first thing you do is pick up your phone and, yes. okay, check. Have I got an email? Have I got a WhatsApp message? And it, it's messed up. We can't, I can't leave this thing alone. Talk about your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, otherwise it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But no, it is. It's, it's this thing. And I mean, I, I read a piece to you this morning that I want to put on my Instagram. I'll probably put it later on. Yeah. But that game's changed. It's not as exciting to me as it was anymore. Mm -hmm. But still, even saying that, Every fucking like I'll be sitting talking and I've noticed this. Sitting having a conversation, having a beer last night, having pizza. I'll tap it yeah. just to see if I missed something. Yeah. That's it's messed so up. fucked up. It's messed up. That's just wrong. But, but how do you get away from it? 
do it because in order to do that I would have to be selfish as in I'm not going to worry about it because yeah. that's other people this is other people yeah. I'm not going to worry about it then I feel guilty because I'm selfish but yeah. selfish is not a bad thing right now I no. spoke to one of my clients now. it's a huge thing yeah. selfish is actually good sometimes Absolutely. as long as it doesn't influence someone else negatively yeah that's why I'm a, I'm a massive fan of going to destinations where there's no Wi-Fi whatsoever you know mm. like going you know monopools the lodges have started you know you yeah. can get um, Wi-Fi if you really wanted to but I remember in the beginning going there you knew if you're going for yeah. two weeks there's nothing you, you can you can leave your phone on airplane mode yeah. and that's it yeah. whereas now and what irritates me if lodges say they've got Wi-Fi mm. and it's terrible you're going to keep on trying it frustrates the hell out of you yeah. but you're going to keep on don't trying don't fucking but, tell me that yeah. Because you know it's potentially there. You, you might, like you said, might potentially miss a message. Yeah, or yeah. Have, you, have you been to Nyamatusi? Yes. So Nyamatusi and Manapools, some of my guests who's been met with know. So at the main lodge, there and in the rooms, last time I was there, no Wi-Fi. Yeah. But you can walk about 150 meters across this open, dusty plain to the management offices. Yes. And there's, and there's Wi-Fi. Yeah. Before the trip, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to get away. I'm not going to be on my phone, this, that, the other. And then I go in to check into the office, all the guests are there. Yeah. So what happened to you? And you're sitting in such a shitty place, you know, that, that back of house office yeah. where you've got, this beautiful, you've, you've got this beautiful plunge pool, yeah. this massive room mm. overlooking the Zambezi, but you're sitting in the back of house in this sort it, of container. It's a full-on addiction. Yeah. It is 100% addiction. And what are you, what is so important that you can't address like two weeks later? No. We, I think we, we tell lies to ourselves in order to make ourselves believe that that thing, I need to check Instagram, I need to answer this now. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's total bullshit. Yeah. I, was, I was on a plane to Cape Town once. It must be before COVID, I think. Mm. And I was, I was sitting on the aisle on the right-hand side, on the right side of the plane in the aisle, and two rows in front of me on the aisle on the other side. There was a lady, and it's a, there is no Wi-Fi on this planet. There is no Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. She must have taken it, and I was watching this, I almost burst out laughing. Three or four times she went into her handbag, got her phone out, opened Instagram. She knows for a fact there's nothing there. There's no signal, there's no Wi-Fi. It's four just times, a habit. Open, and, and literally swipe once, and it's like, okay, there's nothing. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad. What's the first thing you check when you open your phone? The first app that you'd go and check Ooh, into? Good question. Let's see. So, if I open. So, WhatsApp's always open. If, if, if I open on my home screen, mm -hmm. most of the time I've got this personal mode on. What's that? You know, you can put those, those modes on. So, this here, focus, personal. So, what that does is it cuts off all of your notifications. Things okay. come through, but it doesn't pop up. Yeah. Except from certain people. So, I've got family members and stuff that will come through. So normally I open at home. When I get home, it turns on automatically. Yeah. I would probably go, I'm thinking Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking my two mail apps yeah. and WhatsApp. That's probably the, the, the go-to. I've got a new app now for my coach in Queens, I would say, but it's only new, so it's only now. Yeah. Other than that, I, no. New York yeah. Times a little bit the last while, but those four, Instagram, WhatsApp, my two mail apps. Yes. You? I think I would also go um, Instagram. I'd, would go Facebook and then I'd go oh, sport, sport, sport news. What app do you use for sport? Uh, the Super Sport app. Oh, okay. So you could also choose what you what you want to see. 
So you could say, okay, I want to see what's happening UFC, Formula One, All right. rugby, cricket, tennis, whatever it might be. Okay. So, you, so you don't you don't get everything that they offer. You can choose and select what right. you want to what you want to see, and it gives you like the results, yeah. matches, and um, that's a, that's a pretty news. interesting. There's a there's a new app called Minds, like like Head Mind, yeah. and it's a how would I better describe this? It's a new social platform that's, I think they want to try and decentralize it. Okay. So, like a lot of people, they'll do stuff on Twitter hmm. and then Twitter bans them. Like Trump and a lot of these COVID doctors, they, they've got banned. Yeah. Anything you say that's against the... Oh, now we're going. Yeah, what it is. They get banned. Yeah. If they create... Is it conspiracies? Is that... Well, not even well, a conspiracy. Well, maybe not because what if someone speaks the truth but the mainstream, it doesn't benefit the mainstream. Yeah. And then they have the power to ban you yeah. because your views don't echo theirs. Yeah. So they would then pitch it as you're doing a conspiracy. Yeah. But what if it's not? I've got a, there's a very, <laughs> there's a very interesting lady that um, I follow on Instagram. She might actually come on safari with us. Um, Tanya the Herbalist, I think it is. The Herbalist? Yeah, Tanya the Herbalist. Okay. Um, she's very, very outspoken about um, this whole COVID thing right from the beginning. In um, what way? About, can you send me her profile when you get a chance? Yeah, so I can. Um, I'll take a photo of that and send it through to you. Herbalist, as in alternative medicine. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'm sending it to you now. All right. Tanya, the herbalist. She's very outspoken. You can look at her videos and things, and she takes on U.S. government. Where's she from? From the states, okay. I'm not sure exactly where in the states, um, but yeah, go and go and check her out. She's very, very um, <coughs> outspoken, and I think she's also she's actually been blocked by um, by a few people, or by uh, from what I understand, the government in the US just yeah. for all the stuff that she's been she's been saying online. Okay, but I think you know the world also needs that freedom of speech to make people think. A little bit differently, so we don't. Otherwise, we just herd animals, you know, following one after the other. I, I quite enjoy people that might. Some people might find them. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, unconventional. What these people? The, these people or borderline. Um, what's the word? Extreme. Yeah, extreme, but. I feel a blank now. <laughs> I just, with, with, with it will come stuff, to me the word. We talk about freedom of speech. Controversial. Controversial, Controversial. With this freedom of speech thing, it's gotten to a point where I'm allowed my freedom of speech. Yes. But if your freedom of speech disagrees with my freedom of speech, then we, we don't get to a point where we have a conversation about it. No. It's gone. We yeah. don't have conversations about these things anymore. Yeah. It's just, oh, well, you know, you're wrong. And then if I have a bigger audience, or I'm CNN, or I'm whatever, I'm just going to block you because you're wrong. Yeah. That said, I think, and maybe it's the online world, but you need to, in a public space, if you stand up on your soapbox, which is what this thing is, you need to earn the right to have an opinion on certain things. Yeah. I have zero right to have an opinion on tax laws in the US. Yeah. I can talk to a friend about it and say, oh, I think that's stupid or whatever, but to go and stand on a soapbox and say, I'm, I'm worth a for it. I don't know. It is just, and you're, everybody has the right to an opinion. Yeah. But sometimes you must just, maybe just stay in your cage for five seconds longer and look at the landscape. Yeah. Uh, Talking about 
people's mindsets and opinions, whatever. How long, if ever, do you think, or how we, how are people gonna get out of this mental? Because it's the COVID's a, pace. Well, I mean, it's a dog show across the world. I mean, if, if we just look at from a, let's just talk South Africa, right? So you have got COVID that we've been doing now for the last two years. Mm. Um, the stuff that's happening in Russia, Ukraine and things that's affecting fuel prices. Fuel prices have gone up. Jesus. The prices of food. Mm. Um, you know, the politically, ESCOM, load shedding, all of these things. It's just like, I, I had a brief chat to my dad on, on Thursday. Mm. And it's like, people's minds are so messed up. Because <laughs> let's be honest, like, I'm, I'm usually like a half full glass kind of person. Yeah, yeah. But it is difficult to see the good in the world or in people at the Fucking moment right it is very difficult and I, I don't know you know how we how is the world going to have something to smile again i think for me sport does that it's uh, one of the few things that yeah but here's an interesting thing though with sport so i'm i'm into my basketball hmm. and uh, russell westbrook brody he plays for the los angeles lakers having a really shit season yeah. yesterday evening he played a great game but up until then cock like hmm. he's playing really badly yeah. And the abuse, because sometimes you've got people filming from the court side, and the abuse and things that people shout and say at these guys is actually think, dude, that is a bit harsh. But people are using a good thing like sports, and they are venting to the point that he said he doesn't want to bring his wife and kids to the games anymore because if people hear that, and sport gets people together to buy, but then now, like you said, the spilling over of all this negative shit is going everywhere. How it's going to change? Yeah. When? I don't know. It's a yeah. problem because the, what all of this shit has done it has put governments and leaderships in a position where they have more power. Yeah. COVID, game with the ice place, stay at home. Yeah. Okay, yes, we don't question. With Russia now, if this thing keeps going and unfortunately it's scary as shit, that's very yeah. scary. But we look towards the government to keep us safe. We look to all of these kind of things now yeah. and then they get extra power even load shedding for us it gives the government and it's a sick power but they turn it off yeah. and you, you just can't do anything no. the problem is once you give someone power they don't give it back easily yeah. and until then is this the new status quo once once COVID dies down do we really think that our government's gonna why are we still in a state of emergency yeah there's every other country around us, everybody, don't worry about the mask, do this. They're gonna keep ours until at least the 15th, then we decide on it. Yeah. It's, they don't give power back easily. No. And that's a problem. It World, is. Wo worldwide. It is. What do, you, what do you look for to get positive, to get something to smile about? I mean, I was, I was sitting on Thursday, that's just passed. I was sitting on a Thursday afternoon shouting women's crickets, playing South Africa, playing against New Zealand. I've never watched a women's cricket game in my <laughs> life. But here we are, and our ladies have been doing phenomenally well. But I was, it was a close game. I was like, so tense about this thing, but we won. And I was like, shit, you know, this is something to, to be happy about again. Why did you decide to watch it? Were you looking for escapism or was it just nothing else? I was just browsing sports just to see whatever. Because for me, sport is a, is a, a way to just relax. You know, whether it be watching a, even though we UFC get fights, and with the UFC or um, Formula One has been a, a big thing that I've gotten into now recently, which 
Oh, wait, you watched that program, didn't you? Yeah, Drive to Survive. <laughs> if you guys haven't watched it, I'm, I'm trying to convince Jerry to, to watch it. <laughs> if, there's three people now in the last two days that have told me that. Yeah, okay. this is brilliant. It's going to become like Money Heist. You have to watch it. Yes, I will. <laughs> you have to. I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, that is, that is, you know, whether it be an hour, two hours, a five-day match, whatever, mm. th that's time for me that I don't think about anything else. I don't know what, you, what sport, you use. Sport's the same. Um, especially especially my, my, my Lakers have been losing dramatically over the last few weeks. So it hasn't been great. Um, I don't... Uh, it shifts. Like, in the week, I took Monday through Friday off, so I went from home. Yeah. And on the one day, I went onto Instagram, one of those automatic things. I was busy typing an email to someone, stop halfway, and, okay, we really check Instagram. It's fucked up. So I pick this thing up and I scroll, and I can't even remember what feed it was, comes up. And I'm like, you know what, no. So I spent about 20 minutes and I unfollowed about 150 people. And I felt good for that. So that was that singular little moment of, okay, this is cool. Um, training normally for me is a nice escape to change headspace. The last few days haven't been great. I just didn't feel like it. Um, it's hard. It is hard. The one thing I have enjoyed is conversations like this because I've sat down with a couple of people now, which is very interesting. It goes in different directions. It's stimulating. I don't listen to news anymore yep. because it's just negative. Like it is, regardless of what news. This morning, there's no yeah, good news. Yeah. I, I put on CNN and Al Jazeera, flick through. It's just death and war and more death and COVID's coming back and someone ate another bat. Whatever it is, it's just it's bad stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's so and true. I'm jumping on my Spotify between podcasts and music, depending on how I feel. If I just want to kind of blank then it's probably music and also it depends on what kind of music on the date what you need and if I'm feeling more stimulated as such then it's podcast but um, I think I've also made more of an effort to not be in other people's negative energy it's a lot of that yeah. office, life, family, everything yeah. if someone comes with cut, cut, nervous and, 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 and just the bad energy yeah. I walk away, just I, just, get away. I just don't want it anymore. no absolutely don't want it absolutely don't want it I don't know if it solves it but it's, it takes me away from it yeah. unfortunately there's too many people that they thrive on the misery yes they want the attention oh are you okay are you sure you're okay no 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 are you sure let's fuck off no that, that kind of stuff. So the energy for people is a very interesting one. I had a chat to my therapist a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be having him on the podcast next week. Phenomenally interesting conversation. We started already. But he was also saying, so if you look at on a timeline, so COVID happened over here, March 2020. And the effect of that kind of ran out in October last year, where people started coming out of this hypnotic state, and it's like, the fuck just happened? And then it was like, okay, whoa, tired. There was, and I don't know if you noticed this, but from clients, family, people around us, from October to about middle December last year, there was this hell of a lot. People were fucking fatigued and tired and just like meh and everything. Yeah. Then New Year came and now we have to be happy. Yeah. Yay. New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Woohoo. All our problems are going to go away. Yeah. And then that kind of carried people through January. And then January, which is the month is about 400 days long because it's a long month financially. Yes. But when we got to Feb, there was another crash. People came down again because it's almost like a bouncing ball. 
was a big one, it bounced now, it's smaller, bump, 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 bump. So yeah. eventually that ball might stay flat, and then I think things might even out a bit. But, but right now, again, everybody, right, there's this fatigue, this training energy. Yeah. And I, I don't think people are paying attention to it enough. I think they're hiding from it. Absolutely. I used the analogy with one of my clients a little while ago, and this is what we're doing. People are, I mean, you mentioned, I've known you for a long time. You're not the anxious type. Mm -mm. And for you to say you're anxious about travel, I, I feel you because I feel the same. Yeah. But coming from you, I'm like, damn, because mm. you're fucking chill, like, yeah. just there. And then people are worried about finances and about do they have COVID and about the war and all these things. It's for us like if you try and take, you're standing in the middle of a swimming pool and you take five tennis balls and you try and keep them under the water all together. Yes. You can only do that for so long before you let go and it pops up to the surface. Yeah. When those things pop to the surface, suddenly it's like, I have a nervous breakdown, I road rage, I fucking kick the dog, whatever it might be. People are trying to keep all the tennis balls under instead of letting it all come out yep. whether that's speaking to someone whether that is taking a trip whether it's getting a fucking massage whatever it is but if those tennis balls cannot stay down there it's huge no, no. it's huge and you can see people I mean even here we're sitting at where were we, where were we? Um, Clarence Brewery, Brewery. Yeah. having nut beer which is actually divine nut beer <laughs> it's like wet beer if you speak Afrikaans <laughs> nut in Afrikaans is wet yeah. no yes wet in Afrikaans is nut Anyway, you know, yeah. but you can see people. Yeah. There's, I watched a movie recently, uh, Scarface. Mm -hmm. Like, it's gone back up to one of my top three. It but is just I, I don't think I've seen it. It is insane. But in the one scene, um, Al Pacino's Tony Montana, this real gangster guy from Cuba, and he meets Michelle Pfeiffer, who's this high-styling chick, and they're on the dance floor, and she's like very offish to him and this and that. And they have a full go at each other, like a fight. Mm. And on the way home, he's driving in a car with one of his mates, and he says, she likes me. And he's like, how do you know? And this is what applies to everyone. I think the line goes, it's the eyes, Chico. They never lie. And you can see people here. You can yeah. look in someone's face, yeah. and the eyes don't lie. For sure. People are tired, man. For sure. They're tired. I wonder how many people, you know, like we were chatting in sports and things, is a release or... How many people? Um, I think we need two more of these. Thank you. Um, how many people look forward to and use safari as that escapism mm -hmm. and that kind of break where they don't think about? And it, it, it is a fact, you know. If you go on safari, a lot of the the camps are also because you're so isolated from everyone. They don't. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask and things anymore. So you you, you can quite easily go for yeah. two weeks, two and a half weeks yeah. without even knowing where your mask is and then all of a sudden you can see by like the last day people start packing and then on the way to the airstrip it's like oh shit where's my mask gotta yeah. try to get the mask again and all of a sudden those those um switches get on again yeah. almost, almost those alarm bells yeah, almost yeah. like okay we're going back into the yeah. normal world again it's an interesting thing because a lot of people when you speak to them they say their their self-care or their therapy for themselves is going into nature or a safari yes i, I think i wrote about this a couple of months ago but that's fine, but then you got to take your shit with you. Like if I'm if I'm sad that my dog died, yeah. right? And I'm having a fight with my mom, and all these bad things. So now I'm at home in Manhattan. I'm gonna go on a safari with you. Yeah. I'm like, okay, everything's fucked up. I hate my life. I'm sad about the dog. Everything is just bullshit. Yeah. Now I say, okay, cool. I'm gonna go on safari and I'm gonna treat myself or try and 
try and feel better or self-care. Put it what you want. Yeah. On safari, because it's fucking amazing. Great, you get there, right? And you don't deal with your shit or bring it with. I just get lost in Johan's Tanzania, which is a beautiful place to be. Yeah. That's fine. But nobody then takes time in the evening to go and sit on their own and just process shit. Because now, like you say, you start coming back home, on the way back, tension starts climbing. The day before, people get that blues. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go. You open your fucking door back at home, all the shit's still there. Your dog is still dead. Yeah. You're still fucking fighting with your mom or whatever it is. Yeah. So, I do think it's a great thing, and people do it, but I don't think they're executing all the way. No, for sure. I really don't. I've actually found it interesting you mentioned that I found the way that I host safaris now is big, yeah. is different to what it, the way I did it maybe three or four years ago. Why? Where you, for me, it's the, the the teaching in the field is obviously very important when you're on the game drive. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I'm very conscious of making people once you get back in the evenings to step away from your computer. You forget about photography or Lightroom or whatever, and just sit around the fire and, and chat. You know, yeah. whether because we also, you know, people come to us often with personal issues that they might have. Yeah. It might be like day four, day five, day six into the safari, but eventually they do speak to us about it because sure. I think we, we are quite approachable in that way. But I've balanced in the past, it used to be about learning photography, photography all the way through. I'm very conscious of now breaking, getting people to break away and just live in the moment because those, those, the Lightroom and stuff you can always do when you get back. The sitting around the fire and those memories you can't bring back. No. Um, it's also, and this is a okay, in fact, weird place, you know. I've also found, I've been working with this one chap and photography is a hobby for him and apart from life which it sucks, everything's bad, blah, blah, blah. Lightroom becomes an escape for something. Mm. So I'm going to take a break and I'm going to do some Lightroom. That's cool. And I, I might be shooting it completely miss you, but that, that thing, that Lightroom's period, whatever, becomes an escape from your problems. Okay, you don't deal with stuff. Now people go on safari and they only do that, which is fine because there's value for us, we add. Yes. But because you've conditioned yourself by doing Lightroom in a corner at home, because I don't want to speak to the wife or I don't want to fucking speak to the boss, whatever, that you become in a close of the world while you're doing Lightroom on Safari, and you're not open to all the good stuff because Lightroom becomes a little cage. Yeah. A self-protective cage at home, but I don't know. There's, there's and, and with light, with, with, with um, what's this pandemic's name? COVID. COVID. <laughs> A lot of people also did a lot of Lightroom during that time. Yeah. There's a certain thing that we must just be very aware that Lightroom should be a good thing. It should be an escape. Exactly. And I think if people escape from it too much on a safari, I'm scared they miss everything else. 100%. Is that all bullshit? Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. And like the thing I've been asking every single guest in safari now is what do you do with your images? Because you're stressing out from the night before. You're worried about what am I going to see tomorrow morning? I need to get this shot. What are, you, what are you doing with your photos? And some people will even pause. I've, I've got people that I hosted on Safari in August, September, October last year that haven't even posted those photos on Instagram yet, mm. which I know there are some killer shots in there. But whether it be you know, too busy or too... But why stress about it then when you're on Safari if it's not going to 
that not shouldn't putting food on the table. No, and we've said that so many times. Like you said, yes, it is nice to get a cool image, but to just put it on Instagram, which is dead at the moment. Anyway, we can go there. <clears throat> um, Nothing happening. But you know, rather than I get it on when you're on safari, you know, focusing on photography, and our guys will assist you and and, and teach you the best way possible, but. Also enjoy the small moments, the, the glass of wine around the fire, chatting to people on safari or to your guide and, and create those Do, do you think those we memories. as a species have lost the ability to focus on the small good moments? Yes. That's why we know finding joy I, in everyday life. I think we've, we've, because of this phone, we've also lost, lost our ability to just sit and chat. Because it's all done yeah. online. I mean, you can see it, I'm sure within the next five minutes we're going to see a table here where couple sitting between the white yeah couple sitting that are supposed to be you know I don't know for whatever the reason they're here maybe they're here to do social media I don't know I doubt that but, but <laughs> so many times and I've, I've made a point of it now when, when we have dinner at home or if we go out for dinner to not sit on, sit on your phones because we've lost that ability and that's something that I want to teach my kids I mean I'm, I'm not I'm under no illusion that you know Technology is going to be the way forward, and you can't, you can't keep your kids away from it because then they're going to fall behind. But they still need to know the basic principles yeah. of communication. How are they going to do interviews in 15 years' time? Probably on like a Tinder thing: swipe left or swipe right. If you want the job, swipe left. Probably. I, I was having a chat to you know Anthony from Cocachos, the owner. Yes. He was on podcast a couple of episodes ago, and we started a conversation as well. Something so. This morning we'll be speaking about Rumumu kids. Oh. Okay. Do you remember Manamarak? Manamarak, no. It's like a little Manamarak, this one, or Makofani. No? Okay, let me before your time. Shit. <laughs> anyway, it's all these, these, like, really Oh, yes, yeah, 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 that it's I remember. It's all these Afrikaans from my childhood. Now... Trompi. Remember Trompi? Yeah, and the blocks and bend, right? Yeah, Trumpy. yeah. And so when I was a kid, when I was three years old, I was eating mud and dog shit in the I was Straight. doing killing bugs and doing whatever. Yeah. Right? When I was 12, 13, 14, like if I ever went out like to a movie for example, your mom will drop us at 2.30, my mom will fetch us at five. Yeah. That that was it. End of story. But you climb trees, you are outside, you do all these things. With that came communication because if you were in shit, someone would tell you to your face. Yeah. Basically. I mean, People had to talk because they didn't have all these things. Yeah. I couldn't send you a message. I had to pick up the phone. So that's our generation. There's a lot of different talking. We communicated in a different way. Let's call that generation A. Okay. Now I jump to today. I mean, there's two girls over there sitting across the table from each other. They're not talking. They're both on their phones. Yeah. Maybe they're messaging each other. Hey, how's your beer? Yeah. I don't know. But the way that people communicate now is digitally mm -hmm. and short. So now you've got generation B over here. Yeah. Us, we're sitting breaching both. Yeah. We still remember what it was like to fucking fall out of a tree and to have a conversation around the dinner table. Yeah. And, 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 and. These people don't. So we now have this, this incredible technological advantage for us. Yeah. And we remember how to communicate. Yeah. Our people, our old, my, my parents didn't have the tech, but they could communicate. This generation over here has the tech, but they Can't, cannot communicate. No. And it's a funny place for us. We're breaching both of these generations. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but what are we doing with that? Yeah. Because, I mean, 15 years ago, from where we're sitting here now, this would not be possible. Yeah. Recording a podcast in public. That phone 
didn't exist. No. The iPhone did not exist. Uber, Airbnb, Tinder, take a pick. So we, we've, we've lived through the biggest way, the biggest change in the way humans communicate is the beginning of humans. Yes. And we're breaching, I think, the two divides. Oh. That's what I feel because I understand I can sit and talk. Fuck me, I can talk. Yeah. I can also play the social media game. Yes. But I don't think the generations before and after us have both skill sets. And it might no. be a big thing, but if I look at the kids today. Where's, it, where's it going to stop, though? We're going to become cyborgs. Are we, are we going to get to a point where you don't have a phone anymore? You just have this thing maybe on your hand? Well, you're gonna, no, you're going to be sitting at home with the fucking visor on living in the metaverse. Oh. You're not going to have to go anywhere. People are going to get fat slobs. They're going to look like Jabba the Hutt yeah. and just sit on a thing. And, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's getting less and less and less of FaceTime and more of that. Uh, even, even three years ago, I saw, uh, I can't remember who did this. It was Gary Vaynerchuk, maybe. And he was talking about the phone. And one of the things he always said is, you know, my dad, and this is true for mine, he didn't want to put his credit card details into the computer because they're going to take my money. Yeah. Now he's video calling and sending shit emojis and so it's changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But in the speech that he did, this, this presentation, he said that, how many of you have a cell phone on you right now? I don't know, auditorium, 2,000 people. Obviously, everybody. Yeah. Hand goes up, cool. Okay. How many of you, if it was possible, would like to have that thing built into you somehow? Probably 80% of the room. And this is thing already. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's the metaverse is scary as fuck. But it is happening. Whether we like it or not. Yeah. And people, I mean, I played a little bit of Call of Duty on here. Mm. Now, during December, as a, just as a kind of a brain yeah. bubblegum for the brain. And... You play against people from other, and then you can turn on that you speak to them. I don't want to do that. No. But still, I live from there. People open Instagram now and they've got the serotonin hit. It's like, bah! It's like a happy hormone. No. And we're already addicted. Now, no. you're going to put on goggles and you're going to live in a thing. You're going to be on a fucking serotonin high. You're going to mainline that shit. No. You're going to say people aren't going to go for that. No, it's, That's it's, scary. It's a very strange place. That's very scary. Do you know? So this metaverse thing. You know Khan? Yes. He's bought property in the metaverse. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you how much, but I won't. Yeah. Because they can then put up a shop, which is close to Gucci and Adidas, in the metaverse. I looked at the map. There's a map. I can't even comprehend this. No, it's, it's very strange. <laughs> it's very strange. But metaverse, what were we saying? Shops. Shop, digital, metaverse. You see the, the woman's bright red hair through me. Yo. That's like, that's really red. That is. That's past strawberry. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, the metaverse thing. So these goggles, right? You can. It's called the Oculus. Yeah. The, and you also get gloves, tactile gloves. So you've got this thing, and then if you buy it, it costs. I'm gonna get one when I go to the States again because I wanna, I wanna stay in touch with the tech. Yeah. But I still believe in sitting outside having a bride. Sure. So you get these gloves that you can be in your fucking... Like, you've seen these videos. This guy standing in his living room and he's like, ah, going around. I've seen those, but I mean, because I think we wanted to do one for the Mara at one stage. Yes. We had those... Yeah. VR, yeah. VR. Now you live in it. So if I, in, in the simulation, pick up this beer glass, I feel it because I've got these gloves on. No, man. Yeah. Do you know what the biggest two industries are, industries are that are going down that technology? Some of it started already. 
Then I have shoes. Education, yeah. which makes sense, and pornography. Really? Yeah. You can fuck whoever you want to now. With gloves on. Well, <laughs> if you want to feel it, yes. But this is the thing. You can now, and there was, That's I'm trying crazy. to think, there was a thing. I speak under correction, either Jennifer Aniston or one of the actresses, mm -hmm. that there was a thing going around. So, because, have you seen videos from the Metaverse? No. So, it's literally like a digital version. And you can then record it and play it on YouTube, for example. You can see these things, I'll show you later. Yeah. And there was videos going around of, of this actress, famous, in these sex scenes. But it was obviously fake, and it was all in the Metaverse. So, no. you can do whatever you want in that place. I mean, there's movies, right? Humans are messed up. No, totally. <laughs> there's, there's movies. I'm trying to think. There was one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and one or two others where the drug of the time is that, is memories. So it's a future world. It's all yeah. sci-fi kind of, I think. But where... So the drug dealers would be these guys who go into these clubs, mm -hmm. right? Go downstairs, you sit in a chair, and you get like this cage thing on your head. Oh. And then... You basically pay to live someone else's memory. So they might have a serial killer who murdered and raped and blah, 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 blah. You can then pay as a drug to, to basically feel like that's you. Now, this is all sci fi, this is movies. So, or you can say, okay, cool, uh, I want to be a Formula One race car driver. Yeah. And then that would be the above board stuff. Okay, that, that would be pretty cool. That's like, that's <laughs> like the weed. Yeah. And then deep down you've got crack meth or whatever. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So you can then jack in for this thing on and you feel like <coughs> driving. And because it's sci-fi, you get the sensation as well. But then, on the surface, you can experience a memory of someone killing someone else. And it feels like a cheat. And that's a drug. That's future. That that's sci-fi. Again, this is movies. Yeah. But how far away is that? Yeah. Hey? No, it's... It's money driven. Yeah. But I mean, if you think back, I mean, let's let's not go even that far. Let's go 2000, like early 2000s. Mm. Right? I mean, they, like the color screen wasn't even invented yet. No. It was for cell phones. It was Nokia 3310s. That, 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 that was the thing. Did you have the banana one from the Matrix? The Matrix, the first no. Matrix had a phone. It was the Nokia. I couldn't remember the name. No. It was like a banana shape and it had a cover and if you answered it goes opened up. <laughs> In the matrix your Neo goes anyway. Yep. But thirty three ten was uh, uh, the best phone you could possibly have. If you said I mean that's not it's fifteen years ago. Yeah. So I mean if you if you like, yeah, fifteen, sixteen years ago. If you say when did the first color screen come out? Two thousand three, four? I'm checking now. I think. Anyway, I mean, let's say 18 years ago, yeah. and you see what you can do with the phones now, and stuff like, like you said, Uber, like you can you can meet your date on the app on your phone. All these things that you can do now that if you had to say that 18 years ago, I'd have said no way in hell. No. So, so the first color screen, um, 1997, the technology was there, but 2001, the first commercial one came out. Okay. So everything before was just monochrome. Yeah. But it's, I mean, and, and, but this is the thing. So because we're living across these multi-generations, we've got the old school family values and communication skills, and we understand tech to a certain degree. Yeah. If I, let's go back, take your dad's dad, and then possibly his dad. Yeah. Get the two of them back here. I say, okay, 
First, we're going to go to an IMAX and show you a video or a movie. Mm -hmm. Show them, like, I don't know, Endgame Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Then you say, okay, cool. Here's an Oculus. Put this on mm -hmm. and just look at this phone. What they could do? Oh. Let's call someone in America. Yeah. It would be like it's wizardry. Yeah. It's magic. Or even just the email. Yeah. Yeah. Email they, and then like like I say, the FaceTime. Computer. Just yeah. A fucking box computer. Yeah. FaceTime now, Zoom calls, and you can you can chat to someone anywhere in the world whenever you want to. Yeah. There was a conversation with Elon Musk. I think it was on Joe Rogan. He's been on twice, but the first conversation. And he was saying, let's look at how humans communicate, yeah. and let's look at the technology. So initially, we had a telephone. So I would pick it up, and I would talk to you at a certain speed. Then we got a computer. And we could, with 10 fingers, we could type, so it was fast. No. Technology gets better, what happens? We slow down, because now I'm typing with two thumbs. No. So the technology is just outgrowing us, and we, we're devolving. Yeah. And we are communicating slower, because I'm typing with two thumbs, not with 10 fingers anymore. No. Now, I've come back to voice notes. Mm. Some of my conversations with, on WhatsApp is just voice note, voice note, voice note, voice note. Yeah. Because to me, it's faster, yeah. and I get irritated with spell check. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Do you think in future times people, humans are going to grow like different thumbs? I think so. Is like a like a longer thumb with like a thin point at the top. Like an apple pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I'm not mistaken, there's two. I'm going to Google something here. Thank you. Um, because with a lot of these young kids, they sit at the back of the neck. Yeah. I've seen and I don't know if this is for real misinformation, but on the back of the neck because of the posture of looking here. There's a slight, one of the, the vertebrae is getting a slight different, um, like, growth on it. Oh, wow. Already? Yeah. Because, I mean, evolution, cell phone. I want to check something here. I hope I can find this. Smartphone pinky. <laughs> because, they, and I, I go and look at smartphone pinky. If you look at how do, we, how do you hold the phone? Yeah. Okay. They've shown that in some of the younger people, there's actually a little, little groove. Like, like it's bent slightly at the end on the last digit. Because I hold my phone better. Now, if you grow up through your formative years, I mean, kids at 10 are getting phones these days. Yeah. 10, 11, 12. From 12 to 18, they live on that thing. That is their social life. Yes. Their pinkies are changing. Yeah. Their neck is changing. because they're What's happening to their fucking brain? Yeah. That's scary. No, we're changing. We as a, we as a species are changing. Not for good, I think. No, no, not at all. And it's, I think the, 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 the scarier thing as well, is, as a parent for your kid, is with technology, is how do you keep them safe? How do you, like, you know, how do you, you know, do you just trust your parenting skills and trust that what you've done is enough to teach your kids from, you know, what's right or wrong, but still that. There's always going to be that in interest of like, what, what if? Look, you know, what, what is it? Yeah. Sex will always be an interesting thing. Yeah. Drugs, alcohol, whatever. I think, and look, you might be able to tell me better here as a parent, but if you tell them, don't do that, don't look at it, don't. Yeah. I know when I was a kid, you tell me don't, I'll fucking go look at it because it. I want to know why. Yeah. So, do you then say to them, okay, cool, let me show you something here. Yeah. This is how the internet works. This is Google. This is what you can find on Google. Yeah. This is why I don't want you to get So, to show them but protect them in a way? Yeah. It's a, it's a scary thing because, I mean, I, Jude and I have spoken about it and 
I would like to know, and I know, you know, parents, you go through phases, right? When, when your kid is very small, parents are cool, yeah. and you get to like teenagers, and for a few years, parents are not cool. You're, you're, devil. you're not, shouldn't be anywhere near me. You're embarrassing. Yeah, and then you get to the stage where you mature as a child, and all of a sudden your parents become cool again. Mm. I would like to get to a stage when my kids are 16, 18 years old, to say, you know what, if you guys want to party, I will buy you booze. I'll get you weed, whatever you want. Sure. Do it at my house. Let your, your friends can come and stay over. We'll, we'll, you know, stay somewhere else or whatever. Draw there. If, if you want to drink till you chunder, do it. That's fine. But just do it here because it avoids... Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the, the drugs and those kind of things. You know, I think you've got to... Kids are going to experiment. You're going to try everything once. Don't, don't get addicted to it, hooked on it. But, you know, try everything once and... And make up your own mind but my worry is the um, potential violence in a lot of these clubs you know you get one idiot that loses his shit and hits you with a, with a bottle or car accidents yeah uh, that kind of i'm more worried about that and that's very real and that's very real so i'm more worried about that side of things so you know, if you're going to party party at someone's house or yeah. or if you're going to drive you know i think nowadays the good thing is there's no excuse the kids can get uber you know, here, here's my Here's my card. I put a limit of ten dollars on it. <laughs> um, but then, if you need to go anywhere, Uber. We, we we didn't have that, and I know for a fact I went a few dodgy drives in, in my time where you're drinking and you know there's no other way to no other way to get home. No, I've, I've done it in the past, and because Uber came to South Africa quite late, mm. and up until then. Like that, you'll have all the drinks, drive home, you don't know how you get home. No. Sometimes you would get pulled over in the past, yep. right? And have you had a drink? Uh, yeah, maybe like one or ten, but, but yep. I'm okay. Then they ask for a bribe. This is the old days in South Africa, yes. way back. And you're like, okay, I've got 200 bucks, not enough. Yeah. Follow us, please. So now you fuck drunk off your face, yeah. you've got to drive behind the police car. That they make you, you freak out. Mm. They make you get out, you draw more money for them, high five, off they go. Yeah. That's the old days. And if I think back to the way we drove and stuff, I'm like, holy shit. I shit you not, true, true story. When I lived in uh, Uganda with my folks, we, like, we went fishing every weekend. And my dad would always have a few beers on the boat. And we got back, parked the boat. Now we have to drive from Entebbe to Kampala. So it's like a, in those days, it was like a 45 minute drive. And my dad would always have a beer sure. for, the, for the drive back. And we would pull over by, by cops. And so, so you're drinking and driving. He's like, yeah, you know. My first, she said, no. First, finish. Drink your beer. Finish, and then you can drive. You can't drink and drive. Oh, come on, no. But, uh, making that up. True story. I promise you, I can have my dad. So drinking and driving. So drinking and driving. You can finish your drink, finish yeah. your beer, and then you drive. But you can't drink and then hold your hand on the steering wheel. <laughs> true Africa, story. Gotta love it. Um, just it was, yeah, it's classics. The, the, the problem as well with with the kids growing up, I think, and maybe it comes back to communication thing again. Because how often have I seen, and even my sisters, is when they're busy and the kid, okay, just, just take the iPad, just, just go sit there with the iPad. Yeah. Communication. Yes. And to a point, and I've seen it even worse with some clients on safari, not ours, we look at other vehicles. Yeah. There's a kid on safari with the clients, with, with their folks or parentals, whatever it is. They're in the back with an iPad and earphones jacked in. It There's a lion ripping the naught out of a wilderness, and this kid's here. Where's his education coming from? And also, you, you're spending a shit ton of money 
Yeah, why don't you just leave your kid at home with your grandparents or friends or whoever? And it's, you know, these are supposed to be our future conservationists. And they're not... Look, I've met very few kids who... I'm talking overseas now, who think safari is a cool thing. For a lot of teenage kids, safari is not a cool thing, really, unless you grew up and... You know, when you go to Kruger from a very young age. But, you know, the idea of sitting still in a vehicle for six to eight hours a day, there's, there's no hot chicks around, yeah. like that kind of... Thank you. I know for me, as a, as a, as a teenager, for me, yeah. when we went on holiday in December, I wanted to go where the babes were. You, know, go to, of course. you want to go to busy beaches. and You don't want to go to a quiet place where it's only you and your family. No. I wonder also, because safari and the one of the things we use to sell the Marrakech, is it's authentic Africa, like old school Africa. Yeah. With kids growing up, and it's all about tech and lights and buttons, it's like an old thing to do. Yeah. It's something that the grandparents would have done. Yeah. Very, how, how do you fix that? I think you also get to a stage where you where you mature. Um, like I know some people who never mature. Yeah. They still fucking idiots at 45. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like... I used to get so bleak with my parents if we go somewhere on holiday or long weekend that is quiet and away from everything. And now I get it. Now I'm like, I don't want to go to Belito over December or where there's literally, you've you got to be at the beach by 7 o'clock in order to find a place to sit. I don't want that anymore. So I think you get to a stage where you're like, okay, cool, I've got this out of my system now. I don't know. And you think, while that happens, why are we losing? While it takes this current look, the current generation, all these woke people, yep. who are offended by anything, you can choose between 740 genders. They try and argue things for the sake of arguing it. If they don't like something, they cancel it. No. Where's, where's that going? Because, where's the. There was, a, and again, I mentioned it to someone on the podcast a couple of years ago, where you got this war in Russia. Um. Right? Russian notes are hard. Yes. Their culture is hard. And then, on our side of the world, you have grown-ass men dancing on TikTok. Mm. And no value. Just saw No. I don't know what the the generation today, I don't know. That's scary. It's also, remember when you started in in the guiding or lodge industry? Mm. The only dietary requirement I remember is vegetarian. Possibly. Yeah. No, I don't need meat. Don't need meat. No. Goodness gracious. There's, and I look, I, I, get, I get allergies. You know, you, no, no, no. That's different. a different thing. But goodness, there's some, and I, some of the stuff I don't even know. Uh-huh. Rather, rather tell me what you can eat it's than what, what you can't. Yeah. Because no, I, I don't eat the meat and I only eat potatoes if they weren't dug up by a spade but with a hand. Yeah. And I'll only eat fruit if it's fallen naturally from the Yo, tree. What, what, do you, what do you call that? They... It's, it's what do you call that? I've got a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's, a, there's a thing where they, I mean, they don't eat any animal product and also no fruit they got picked. There's a fucking long name for it. There's a, there's a, did you ever see the um, movie uh, Notting Hill? Notting Hill, long with, time ago. With, 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 who's in it? Hugh Grant and Pretty Woman. What's her name? Julia Roberts. Yes. So at one stage she's supposed to be dating and they've got their group of friends, one of these people, like whatever they call it. And she's like, you know, only pick things that have fallen from the trees and 
that kind of died naturally, but only plants. Mm. So he grants, the character looked at us and says, so, so those carrots in your plate? He says, yes, murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and that was movie, that was fiction. It's not fiction anymore. But how do you know? If I put this app in front of you, how do you know that? Does that thing talk to you and say, I don't, feel the emotions. I, I didn't don't fall, I got picked. I'm going to cancel you. I got picked. I'm offended <laughs> on behalf of the app. No, it's very strange. Like, I mean, I, I get, like I said, allergies I get. Mm. I get people wanting to go vegetarian. I even get people going the vegan route. I, I, I won't do it. I get, I understand it. But, geez, like, there's some, there's some things that you kind of think that, why are you making life so hard for yourself? And isn't, isn't that the reason why I think the human um, immune system has gotten so weak that like there's that, certain they're not eating dirt at three. yeah they, they like i'm i'm i don't know i might be wrong i'm not a dietitian or a doctor or anything like that but for me it's just there's basic things that humans need in their body and i don't know maybe you'll know better from a, a dietitian side of point but i don't think the supplements have the same effect or are as good yeah. for you as the real thing Overall, if you have to supplement, then you're not eating the right stuff. And that goes for any diet, literally for anything. The problem with, not to offend anyone, but the, the, the thing with veganism, being a vegan, no. it's not always based on the nutritional impact that it has on your body. It's based on ideology. Yeah. It's, I want to save the planet, and animals can't die, so I'm not going to eat them. So what other diet is based on an ideology rather than what it does for you? Yeah. I mean, what? I've been, and honestly, I've been looking at the carnival diet. Yeah, yeah, we've been oh, telling about it. Now, oh my God, you can do that. And it's actually not, if you look at the research, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's, it's not functional, it's not practical for me now because of travels and stuff. Yes. But I want to give it a go. I want to give it a go. Yeah. Why? Because then I can comment for myself. I did, tr I did try the vegetarian. There was that. You went through, you went through quite a long, like a few months where you went. changes, I think it was. Yes. Watch that and okay, let's try this. Did I feel... Did I feel different? Not really. Um, my cardiovascular seemed a little better. Strength wasn't there. Mm. But it's like the whole thing is, tell me what you want to prove, and I'll show you the stats to prove it. Exactly. Uh, here's my stats, there's yours. There's never, there hasn't been a documentary on this, I believe, that gives the positive and negative of both sides at the same time. Yeah. This is after, we're good, we're good, they're bad. We're good, we're good, they're bad. Yeah. But I think, because it's based on ideology, People sometimes look past what it does, no. the actual body stuff. <coughs> yeah. How do you manage but eating? You know how you know how to know when someone is a vegan, eh? Uh -uh. That's how I can tell you. <laughs> they can't shut up about it. How do you manage eating on safari? Because that's that's something that irritates that's the hard. living daylights out of me. Because you will go through. I'm talking about maybe over the the New Year's, sort of the November, December, January. Maybe February. So you, you go some those two, three months, you're training hard, you're eating well, you know, it's chicken, vegetable. Now you go on safari and you're trying to manage that same eating lifestyle and it's everything is cooked in butter with cream and it's and everything in the largest carbohydrate. Yeah. Breads. It's breads, potatoes. I've done I don't know. How do you do it? It, it it's a struggle. So I have I've I've cut out bread, especially with with, with the soups. I've tried to cut out most desserts, just don't put like a chocolate fondant or any cheesecake in front of me because that's going to get smashed. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, so uh, try and manage it that way as, as, as best as possible. But like, you can't, you can't go to lodges and say, listen, can I, and also I don't eat early in the morning. So you get to like that late morning and then there isn't like something good, like maybe oats or something, then you eat shit. You like, in the morrow you grab some chips or those, those, those honey coated nuts and you smash like a couple of packets of those. And then you stop and then it's a bread or a and then it, or a... Yeah. It, it, it's a very difficult thing and it's, I don't know, like I had a, I had a chat to um, the guy that I'm doing my, my training with online and yeah. I said to him like, it, it's all good and well you're giving this food, like this, this diet plan to me, but it's impossible to stick with that on safari. And not practical, it just isn't. It just, just, can't, isn't. just can't do it. And I think you can try and limit the damage. Um, it's like kind of but, carbs, yeah. sugar and alcohol. Yeah. Because you're not balancing it out anyway. Yeah. You're just taking in, there's nothing going out. No, exactly. It's very hard. I mean, I also try to uh, just have whiskey in the evenings. Whiskey, maybe the yeah. odd. No. no. That. If you start smashing beers every like day. You drink two loaves of bread every day in the morning. Yeah. Tusker, what's it, five in the morning? Yeah. You drink four, you've got two liters in it. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, limited to, to whiskey, maybe a glass of red wine with, yeah. with dinner. But it's a, it's, a, it's a real thing, it's a difficult thing. And then you get back, and you just get into training again, and then if you go on the next safari. That, I must be honest. The COVID time, I loved it. I loved it. I could train once a day, twice a day. Yeah. You, you couldn't, at one stage, you didn't really have alcohol because we were cut off. Yeah. But that time, the consistency, and even up until now, the consistency has been great. But now, again, from, what are we months? From April each month, I've got a 10 day, two week trip. Yeah. All the way through October. It just breaks that momentum. Very good. Breaks that I momentum. I don't know, there's no way to do it. Yeah. It's all, y'all, we can train on Yes, you can train on safari, but at some stage, if you're getting up at five every morning, you're broken. Night, you're there. You're going to still try and rest as well. You're still going to try and do some. It just, it's, it's hard. It's very it's hard. Not impossible. But it's very hard. Yeah. Very, very hard. Yeah. I think let's we're going to finish this beer, and then we'll bounce to some other place and carry that on. Mm. Okay. Take you along for some pub calling. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Okay, and I think we're back. Back in action. Why are farmers different? Very <laughs> 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 careful what we say now. Yeah, we love it unnumbered. Yeah. Mm. No, because if you look at so Clarence, the place we're at, there's obviously a lot of farm mm. communities and stuff around here. So we're sitting at this this what is the sports bar sports type bar. thing, yeah. and you're looking outside, and there's a pickup truck that just arrived. And I can tell you for a fact, those are farm boys. Yeah. Short Why? shorts. Short shorts, tight shorts. Tight shorts. Two-tone shirts. Or, oh, for the win. Or it's either green or brown. But there's a look about them as well. Yeah. All so good. There's Thanks, a man. look about them. Yeah. I think it's the fact that they don't get out much. <laughs> <laughs> Is this true? I mean, who do you see on the farm? Sheep. Sheep. If you have a missus, maybe. Other farm people. Other farm people. And they're all dressed the same. So I think you get to a stage where your selection in your cupboard is like, you've got short pants, you've got really short pants, and you've got the really, really short pants. And those ones you wear when you go they, out. They're so tight, you can check if they're circumcised or not. <laughs> <laughs> really tight. But it is, I mean, you can spot. And, and look, I'm Afrikaans, you're Afrikaans, so we can say these things, it's our culture. But you can check an Afrikaans boer farmer mm. a mile off. Yeah. Like these two gentlemen on the side here. Oh my God, he's wearing Crocs. Oh yeah. 
green ones as well. It's blue. It's from the color. <laughs> John Deere Crocs. Uh, it's you know why those holes are in the Crocs, eh? Hey? Uh-huh. That's where your dignity and self-esteem leaks out. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. I mean, there, there, there was that um, the meme long, long, long time ago. It's like I don't care how comfortable Crocs are. Yeah. You still look like an idiot wearing them. Mm. I reckon that. And what there was those running shoes, Vibram. It's like sits on your finger, on your toes. Mm. So there it, it looks like it's just like a, like it looks a, like a foot. Yeah. Yeah. Those and Crocs are the best form of contraception. Yeah. Straight. You're not getting any. <laughs> <No. laughs> anyway. Mm. But no, the, farm, the farmers are an interesting breed because any small town has them. No. But some, it's like, remember Zerist? Oh, yeah. They had questionable IQs, all of them. That place, I think it's been inbreeding for, for years. I think it's the only place where no one, no one judges you for dating your sister. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, bad. We joke about it, but Zerist was bad. Yeah, yeah Zerist was... I went to, what's that, Bullen Bush in Zerist. Yeah. Went there a couple of times um, for drinks and dinner. The people that hang out there, you've got to be careful. You can't speak English when you walk in there. <laughs> it's, it's dangerous. No. I don't even know if there's a movie. Is there a movie house in Zerist? When we were working there, close to, because, sorry for international guys, Zerist is a small town about an hour outside of uh, the Madikwe Gorilla I don't think they have a movie house there. No, definitely not. Where, with the Muffy King? Closest? Probably. Or Rustenburg. Oh, Rustenburg, two hours away. Yeah. Rustenburg, I mean, Zerist, they've literally got a garage. There's a pick and pay. That main road, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a Woolies there as well, but it's literally one street. That's and the best thing about Zero is they've got a drive-through bottle store. Oh yeah, it's and it's two gay guys who run it, isn't it? I don't know. Why do I think I heard that? In a small town like that, it's quite a unique thing. Mm. Have you, did you ever go there to the drive-through bottle yeah. store? Yeah, I think I might have once. Yeah, just I for novelty. To, yeah, just to, it's quite a cool thing. But did you drink and drive? No, or I did drank, you put it down? I, dr- I drank and then I drove. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, check. Where the guys go? So. Those, yo, those guys are going to have a jaw. We'll probably see them yeah, in a few hours. No, those are proper farm boys. I suppose it's it is little micro ecosystems everywhere of different people because you can even, like if you go to Dolstrup, yeah. you drive from Johannesburg to the Kruger, you go through Dolstrup and you can spot the Santon people there because mm-hmm. it's like their weekend haunt. Fanciness. It's just how you can see someone and where they're from. Yeah. I think for, for a lot of the people in these areas, if they have like a, a big long weekend or some sort of events here, it's like yeah. the highlight of the year. It's like man, there's something something happening. There's new people. You can people come out from they can come and watch all over. People. Yeah. And they're not, not bump into the same people they bump would into every single yeah. day. Would you be able to live in a place like this? No. Maybe, maybe, I mean, we were chatting about it, maybe as like a little holiday home, yeah. but to live here permanently, yeah, I think it'll get a little bit too much. Huh? And with, 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 these, with these small towns, everyone knows what everyone's doing. Yeah. I think maybe for a short time, kind of bounce. Yeah. As long as, I think as long as you have proper internet, I'm yeah. talking like good internet. Yeah. Mm. That, because... You always, I don't want to live in the city, I want to go smaller, live in the country, this, that, but with that comes this. I think you've got to balance it between the two. Mm. 
What? Like Machalisburg or Hartis or something. Yeah. Because you're within shooting distance of Joburg. Yeah. But also, I think if, if you're going to go that kind of route, you're going to be able to have multiple properties, if that makes sense. I wouldn't have the... What, in, in one town? Well, well, so, one year, one day, one so day. one isolated, like in year or Hartis. Sure, and one then at the coast, one at the coast. One at the coast and one in, in Joburg. That you can, you know, if you want to come to Terence for, for me, I think a week here would be would be good. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do like a month here, I don't think. I don't know. I was thinking a little while ago for, like to do a breakaway from the office hmm. for my, myself, because I've got a couple of like, digital photography courses I want to put together mm. and I've got some co- coaching modules and do some online stuff and to come to a place like this yeah. and live here for two, three weeks, four weeks yeah. and just graft yeah. that that I find quite appealing but it, but then it's not about the people it's about the place it's because it's a beautiful area yeah it is a beautiful place and then to just get stuff done from that side mm. where's the closest movies? Bethlehem? Um, yeah would Bethlehem have? I don't even think Bethlehem, from what I saw when I drove through. I don't no. think so. Um, how far is Bloom from there? Bloom I is still quite a way. There was a turn, when you turn off, there's an arrow onto Harry Smith. Yeah. I don't even think Harry Smith has one, because that's also like a farmer's town. Yeah. I don't know. These small towns are funny. I mean, some of them, like, this is... Okay, what don't you have here? pharmacy there's a police station on the corner here lots of coffee shop lots of restaurants there's a spa yeah, what else there's everything that you, that you all the basics that, that you need, need. Um, and it's I mean for those people that haven't been it's it's a, quite a like arty farty kind of town oh, yeah. it's but it, it's it's beautiful there's some amazing antiques and things that you can get here yeah. um, a lot of lot of old stuff, which I mean, if, if that's something that appeals to you, you'd absolutely love this town. And then there's also cool like hiking trails and. I must still Google that for tomorrow. Yeah. Because then, I've done this a couple of times. The, the thirty best small towns to visit in South Africa. Yeah. Bathurst, Bathurst. Oh, Bathurst. That's yeah. uh, Eastern Cape. Stateville. Stateville, yeah. Hogsback. Those are all Eastern Cape, right? Yeah, Yubertina. No idea where that is. Lady Grey. New Batista. Actually, someone about it. Free State. Here we go. Batuli. Rosendahl. Parais. Philippolis. Surely Clarence. How's Clarence on in here? Maybe Clarence is too big. Is that, those are small. Yeah. Have you been to any of those? Been to Parais. Parais, yes. Been to Bathurst. So Bathurst, they used to, I don't know if they still do it. They used to, Where's Bathurst? Eastern Cape, they're close to Grahamstown. They used to do a thing called the, the Oxbry each year. It was just like uh-huh. this massive, massive party. Hmm. Uh, Bathurst have been to... Things to do in Bathurst. State level. State level is not too far from where Judy's parents have a farm. Known for the rugby legend Donny Crabbe and a poet H. Fisser. Where's that? Bathurst? State level. Oh. No. Bathurst is known for... The small town might remind you of an old English 19th century village. There's tea and scones. It's possibly the South Africa's most eccentric town. Bustling with the blah, 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 blah. I still want to... You know what I want? Well, I want a lot of things. <laughs> but, uh, first I want the cigar to burn properly because I'm going full canoe here. <laughs> Come on. I want to do, like... 
way back. Mm. I wanted to do a thing for myself, as in like a creative project. Yeah. And I thought at the time, what would be cool is get in my car, camera. I thought of taking Jackson with mm. my Boston, and go for a time period of something like call it two months. And I thought drive to Cape Town, start in Cape Town, and you go up the west coast across the borders, like the Namibian border, all the way across to where, what's the furthest east point? Up, not Pongola, what's north of there? Um, you know what I'm talking? Like Cozy Bay. That side? Yeah. And then come down the coast. And you stop in every small town on mm. the border of South Africa. Yes. Either on the coastline or on the borders. And you spend like a day or two, oh. photograph, and then every evening, they, they must have a real hotel. All of them yeah. have a fucking real yeah. hotel. And either podcast with someone, whoever, and then move on from there. Owner of the Royal Hotel. Yeah. There you'll get some stories. I, have you been to that uh, Tankwa town in the Karoo? It's, mm -hmm. it's where they do Africa Burn every year. I know Africa Burn. I don't know about Tank, Tankwa. 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 Tankwa town. Tankwa Karoo. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of it. Never been. That, that looks like a very interesting place. I wouldn't mind going to check that out. Have you been to Africa Burn? No. I've been wanting to go. There was one year that I was like pretty much set to go and then I don't know what happened. I'd love to experience it. Apparently people say it's incredible. It's like a eye-opening experience. For, for, for those that don't know, it's, it's almost like... Burning Man. Burning Man. Yeah. Christopher Michelle, one of my clients from, from LA. No, sorry, San Francisco. He's, he, I think he was one of the like, more official photographers at Burning Man for a couple yeah. of years ago. And the stuff he got, I mean, those guys scale it. Yeah. That is just sick. Do you have to take drugs when you go to these places? I think it will help you get along with people. <laughs> but it, interesting, like, I mean, I've got a, a friend that, that goes almost every year, and he says that, you know, that you, you, you never have fights and things at these places. You know, it's, it's so, like, everyone just gives. It's, just, it's mm -hmm. like this big... Um, because nothing, from what I understand, nothing costs anything. So you, you barter, you exchange. So if you have, if whatever, like your year, you're making craft beer. Mm -hmm. You're exchanging that for someone else's cigars, cigars, whatever they do. Hmm. Um, and he says it's crazy. Like they had the one year they had a double decker bus, yeah. where at the top of the bus there was this DJ playing, people dancing. This is Africa Burn. Now. Africa Burn, and at the bottom. They had like this shower thing, so they, you would go in with your clothes, they would spray foam all over you, because there's no showers and things there. No, 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 you, you so live dirty. You live dirty, so you go into this thing, they foam you all over the place, and then you walk through, and above you is a DJ playing and people dancing, <laughs> and so you get foamed, and then you walk through the curtains, and then there's water, they spray with water, so that's your kind of shower that you, that you have. Um, it does sound like you need drugs. Yeah. There's, look, I think there's all sorts of drugs at those places. It's not a big alcohol thing. No. It's not a drinking bar. No. It, it's, I'm sure people will, but it's not, that's yeah. not the place to go. No. Like Opi Kopi is more of a, drinking, it's a music festival. Yeah. But I think this is very much like a sort of the hippie crowd. Mm. You probably have marijuana every sure. corner of the place. But I've heard people that have, have gone there and have said it literally has change their view on, on humans mm. you know it's just like a very from what I from what I've heard very um, friendly very loving mm. kind of festival loving in a good way not like this 
everyone sleeps with everyone. Not that kind of love. No, love is love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How, it's like we spoke about music earlier on today and like live shows and whatever. Mm. And I don't know if it's an age thing or because we work with people a lot or because of COVID you had time on your own. But I'm struggling to think of willingly putting myself in a situation where there's a shit ton of people. No. Yeah. I'm struggling with it. I mean, like we were saying earlier, there's probably two people or two bands. Uh, if they had to come to South Africa, I would pay money for um, golden, um, golden Circle tickets, and, and that's Coldplay and, and Pink. But I think Justin Bieber is coming in October, I think it is. Yeah, so? Yeah, not, <laughs> not interested. I want to just have a look quickly. I, I thought I read something where Coldplay said they're going to stop making music. I hope not. No. Because they, they, they haven't been to South Africa, have they? Once, I think. I, I was traveling. Yeah. Yeah, here. <clears throat> Coldplay will stop recording music as a band in 2025 says frontman Chris Martin. Our last proper record will come out in 2025 and after that I think we will only tour. Maybe we'll do some collaborative things but the Coldplay catalogue, as it were, finishes then. Okay. 2025. Well, That's a strange thing from a creative point of view. Look, I'm going to take pictures up until end of next year and then I'm done. But then you're just showcasing those pictures to everyone around the world, basically what you do. How long can you tour on the same music? I think with their, how, how many, you're basically doing the same songs at each show. So you're doing maybe... And you're never releasing anything new on, on tour? No. So I mean, how long is their, their show? Three hours? So Call it that. So what's that? Uh, 118 minutes. So you're probably looking at about... 10 songs? 10, 12 songs, max? I think, yeah, maybe, maybe a bit set, more. Like 12, whatever. Yeah. I guess it's right, eh? Which is not a lot. No. If you, if you think of how many good songs they have, but mm. for them to pull out 12 songs is, is nothing. Oh, shit. I try to look for how many songs they have, but no, there's a lot. Okay, there's a lot. But still, I mean, the Rolling Stones, they're still touring. Yeah. But they're not writing new music. Mm-mm. And then it's an epic. The scale of their fame is just... Yeah. Has Coldplay reached that same status though? I think the Rolling Stones are fucking iconic. Yeah. That's just. I think you, for me, I think there's something about something said for going out on a high, if that makes sense. You, know, you, you don't want to get to a stage where you're still writing music 20, 20 30, and people are like, okay, this is now, this is shit, and you, you get remembered for that being shit instead Robbie of. Robbie Williams. Yeah. His stuff at one stage was just amazing. Yeah. From Angels through Feel, all of those things. Yeah. What's, I can't name any of his new songs. No. So I would rather, I think as an artist, go out and there's good music with people saying, shit, you know, mm. I wish they did another two albums. Yeah. Then go out and people said, you know, they should have stopped at this, at this stage. And I think it's the same for, for, for sportsmen. Everyone is in that. You check Tom Brady's coming back from retirement. Really? He retired like two months ago. Um, I mean, arguably the best football player of all time. What's it? Seven um, Super Bowl titles and yeah. MVPs, whatever the case. And in this week, he did like a thing on his Twitter saying this, that, the other. I've got unfinished business. 
dude, what the fuck? You've done everything. Yeah. But he's coming back. Why? Maybe they get attached to the high. Same with the music guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think. You know, it's also it's, it's for sportsmen in general. You know, I think it's big things from the sponsorship point of view. And mm. I don't know. I, I, I just think. You know, you, you want to prolong your career as much as you can, but you, you kind of want to go out, if you can, you know, go out on your terms on a high yeah, and, and be remembered like, for that. It's not like you're playing in your last season and they're saying, oh man, he's like a shadow of his former self. He's just milking mm. it now. It's like, who would be the perfect example of that? But going out on, the, on a high? Yeah. Where people are like, oh shit, I wish you stayed for another season. Sure. Even um, Michael Jordan. Yeah. He retired. Well, first he went to play baseball because of the strikes and everything. Came back. He retired. He came back. Yeah. But when he came back, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm trying to think internationally. We, we've had quite a few um, local sportsmen that have uh, retired quite early. Mm. Who are you thinking of? So, A.B. de Villiers is one that That's jumps to mind. Graham Smith. Yeah. Uh, is A.B. still like, playing? No, he's, he's retired from all formats. And he's... I mean, he's not... EPL as well. IPL, everything. IPL, sorry. Yeah. IPL, IPL. Yeah. As well. Everything. Huh. And I mean, there's a guy that was getting probably about uh, two, three million dollars for mm. a six week stint. Yeah. You know, turning that down, mm. you got to know that the guy's obviously done well for himself. But I think also the, with COVID, the, the bubble that the guys live in, mm. you know, they can't, after a game, go out and just go and, you know, let see off some family. steam or, yeah, see family. The family can't tour with them. They can't do what they used to be able to do. You know, it's yeah. hotel room practice, hotel room. That must that must eat you from a mental point of view. That mm. you you're stuck in that little bubble. And I think we're going to see a lot more unless you know things get eased up, um, which hopefully it will in the, in, in the future. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more people struggle with that from a mental point mm. of view. I just with sports people like Ab De Villiers and. You, scale it to all of them Tom Brady Tiger Woods Lewis Hamilton you look at the fame and then you look at people like Chris Martin from Coldplay Robbie Williams all yeah. these big big acts you wonder if the human psyche was designed to be able to cope with that level of attention that level of control that they have over people because they have yeah. you've seen Freddie Mercury at Wembley nice. it's like he, he does this with his hand and the whole crowd goes apeshit no. how are we I mean no. they can put human that must mess with you, like you, and every single one of those guys that got um, you know, other sports psychologists, or mm. you can't, the, the human, how do you not no, it's get a massive you. ego from that? Yeah. I think to, to <coughs> stay grounded in those circumstances must be super tough. I was listening to a podcast yesterday on the way here, and they were talking about Jamie Foxx. So he's also ridiculous, I mean, sings acts that can does all these things and apparently he is one of the most offset one of the most normal normal humble guys that's amazing but then we create a perception because he's this fast talking funny handsome dad and all of those but apparently he's just like straight down normal yeah you get other people who have a few followers on instagram because they're a wildlife photographer (laughs) and they think they're fucking yeah anyway different discussion but i think people (laughs) you know we, we always make up assumptions i make up assumptions of all sorts of sportsmen the way they you, you might get some people that are super competitive mm. and are arrogant mm. to make themselves or to make them be the best version of themselves sure. 
but you take them away from that sport field mm. and they might be sitting here having a cigar and a whiskey. Mm. It's, it's, it's very difficult to... I think the challenge for them is because on the sport field they're this god. Mm. Then someone sees them at a restaurant and they're having a beer and a cigar and then they get judged. Yeah. Because nobody's judging you and I say, you know, nobody gives yeah. a fuck. But they get judged. How dare you? You're a sportsman. You're supposed you're, to be an idol. You're that. You're this. Yeah. How many sportsmen can you think of that has never had a scandal in their life? Yeah, very few. I think, I mean, James Small, yes, there's always yeah. something. There's always. Even if it's a small blip. There's always. Because they're getting judged for normal people stuff. Yeah. It's Look, I mean, it, yours was caught with, uh, with a hooker and underpants with a hole in it. Different yeah. story. Yeah. Different story. Yeah. <laughs> but... But all of them, I mean, like you said, if, if they go and smoke a cigar and have a, even if they have two or three drinks, mm. people are going to say, like the media can quite easily say, portrayed as he got pissed here. Oh, yeah. and, and if someone looks at our table, there's two tins, there's three glasses. Yeah. If someone takes a picture and says, look at these guys, it's 12 o'clock a day, yeah. mm, they have a problem, but yeah. it's not. No. You can frame things very easily. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm. I... Someone like LeBron James, he's n- kind of known for never having these no scandals. There hasn't been a single thing in his entire career. 19 seasons in the NBA, yeah, nothing. nothing. Family man, does well, built schools. Um, he's now got a tequila brand, which I can't get hold of in South Africa. Los Lobos 1707. I want it. But that's not, that's not common. No, and I, I think for these sportsmen... I would love for someone like him that what, what makes him tick because I think for a lot of these sportsmen they are super competitive people you know, and some of them find their competitiveness with picking a fight with the opposition you know, to try and get those um, competitive juices flowing mm. others you know just super calm and but everyone everyone needs that something special and it's not just talent you know, talent nah. the talent gets you into that level but to be successful at that level you need more than talent look it's, it's fucking it's hard all work mental. but there's X factor here yeah. it's a head game and I, I would love to know what makes a lot of these people the best in the world mm. if you take everyone that's the best in the world at sport or business what makes them tick mentally mm. what, what, what is their release or why, why how can they push through things yeah. that the normal person struggles to push through there's a book you must listen to I think I mentioned it yesterday Tim Grover um, and he speaks of because he was Michael Jordan's personal coach 15 years he also worked with Kobe and Dwayne Wade and them yeah. but he talks about coolers closers and cleaners yeah. so a, a cooler is basically most people hmm. they just do what they're told and that's it the a closer would be someone who gets stuff done and is better than most people at performance and winning yeah. but then the cleaners are the guy that if the closers can't do it you call someone else in. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Some people just don't have it. They never will. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, then you get to different mindsets from you know a team sport where you could possibly be, you could have an off day, but you could be rescued by your teammate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you go to a, like a single sport. You think of someone like Tiger Woods. Mm. You now you've got okay, you've got your caddy that that plays a role, but it, it's you and oh, yeah. you alone. That's a, that's a different mental mental game between being a team player no. and being sometimes being pulled out of the dirt. You have an off day and your teammate pulls you through, but you as a golfer or even as an F1 driver, it's all on you. It's all on you. The pressure, man. Yeah. Pressure's heavy. You think of you playing a golf match like a golf day, 
it means dick. Yeah. I mean, but still, then you're on the last, and you, you can sink this two-meter putt, and you can win five rand from yeah. the other guys, and there's a certain amount of tension and performance anxiety. Yeah. Now, you're going to sink an 18-foot putt yeah. to win $7.5 million, and, and, and. Come on. I wonder if, like, a lot of these guys that are the best in the world, if that's that competitive nature is something that they're born with, or if it's mm. something that they got pushed, like, from a young age, or... I think it has to be inbred. Sorry, not inbred. That's wrong. Because <laughs> then all the farmers around here will have amazing competitive abilities. They are. They're definitely not, <laughs> definitely not competitive from a dress code point of view. No, they're not. Well, maybe between themselves. Who's got the tightest brown pants? <laughs> but no, I, I do think it's something that's in you. Mm. I think some people have it from young. I think some people have it. But it takes someone special in their life, to, like a, a coach or a teammate, to unlock it. Yeah. Do you think it's, it's possible to teach someone that? No. I don't think so. Yeah, you're good. All good. good. Yeah. yeah, all good. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I don't think so. No. Because you either you either want to win and want to be the best. It's a killer instinct. Or you just kind of like, eh, you know, mm. if, if, I, if I don't get it, I don't get it. I, I think you, you can also be competitive in different things. Mm. Like some things I might be like, eh, it doesn't really bother me too much. Mm. But other things I'll be like, want to want to be the best. I... I've, I've always been a little bit competitive, sometimes to my detriment. No. And only recently, maybe just before, I started getting to a point where, okay, you don't have to compete at everything. Yeah. Like, I'll be playing ball with John, my sister's kid. Yeah. And I turn into a fucking savage, and I would just beat him because <laughs> I'm not going to. And it's like, okay, you need to slow down a little bit. Mm. Or when I was still doing CrossFit, I would, at my age, I mean, I'm 40 something at that stage. And then there's like a 21 year old who walks in, new guy. Yeah. And I can lift some decent weights, and then this guy lifts and he looks at me funny. It, that looks all it takes. Mm. It's like, I will fucking drop you, bro. <laughs> then I won't walk for two weeks, yeah. but I will hurt yourself. Yeah. And that's bad. You've gotten to a point where if you can choose when mm. to be competitive and when to understand that it's not worth it. Yeah. However, what do you make of kids getting trophies for being seventh no, in a competition? I disagree with that. I I do, and <clears throat> I kids should learn how to. Lose. I always used to hate um, that famous saying, "Guys, you're all winners here today." No it's bullshit, you're not. No, it's not, not, not because life sucks. Yeah, if 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 you're not the the best, it's it's okay not to win, but don't say <coughs> everyone is a winner, because then everyone, I think that then drops uh, performance levels mm. because. It doesn't matter. I, I don't have to be at my best. I'm still going to be a winner. Mm -mm. And, and that, that is, um, and even with, with, with my kids, you know, I, I make a point that, yes, I'll let them win every now and then, but they're not going to win every single time. Um, they, they need to understand that, the, the competitive streak. And I've actually seen it with, with uh, my sister. She's got two boys that are mm. great sportsmen, and, but they were in a very small primary school. And now the, the one has gone to high school where the competition is, it's a very good school now, spread the competition is so much higher and mm. now all of a sudden he's, he's not even featuring. Yeah. The guy that used to win races left, right and centre, now he's not even seventh, eighth in the pack. And that I think is a great thing because that pushes you now, like, okay, this is what I need to do to mm. be able to get there. Mm. You need to learn how to lose at a yeah. young age. Yeah. This, we're making snowflakes in today's world. Mm. If you do everything you get a, I mean, we can't go the route of saying second place is first loser, but yeah. it's not quite that harsh. No, 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 no. It's different. But if you teach your kid from a young age 
that it's okay. You're going to hear you. Here's a trophy for seventh place. No. That's not how life, because no. now you're going to get it work. You don't perform and you're upset because you don't get rewarded for something. Yeah. It's a big problem. Yeah. And again, it's a soft generation. This, yeah. you need to be very careful. Yeah. Very careful. I'm, I'm happy to say to my kids that it's not about, you know, you, you can try everything, compete at everything. You don't have to win everything, but compete in everything. That, that is different to saying you're all winners just for, for being here. <laughs> now, go, go, and, go and compete. You know, whether, whether you win or lose is, is irrelevant, but if you want to be the best, if you want to get that trophy, this is what you have to do. It also makes them respect hard work. Yeah. You have to put in the work if you want to keep on winning. Yes. I've got a problem with this. There's a lot of that. Oh, no, well done. You came, you came 12 out of 12. But you're okay. You're a winner. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You fucking lost. Yeah, you lost. <laughs> Deal with you it. You lost. Be you better. Could, you could not have done any worse. There's <laughs> <laughs> the upside. You know, this, I think it's a big thing in this society that people are just, everybody feels that they need to be rewarded without putting in enough work. And I think that goes in, into a work point of view as well. Huge. You know, as, and we, we see a lot uh, with, with youngsters coming and starting work that all of a sudden, within the first year or two, they want to be the CEO. Or, um, and it, I'm, I'm a firm believer of whatever industry it is, you know, whether you're going into guiding, in the sport, business, whatever, is that, that ladder that you have to climb. Mm. You start off at the bottom and you work your way up. Teaches you resilience. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, it's also it, it makes you more. I believe makes you more invested in the team or the company that you're a part of. If you just go and you go straight to the top, you haven't worked for anything. You haven't you haven't put in blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. The best the best rewards, the happiest memories are things that you worked hard for. It's fulfilling. Yeah, you worked hard for it. You put in you put in the effort. If something just gets put on your plate. You don't give a shit about it. That's you, where there's a lot of entitlement. Yeah. You just get given stuff. Yeah. Like, you're the best. You're going to be great. You're this, you're this. Here's a free this. Here's a that. You get to a stage where you can stand on your own feet and you get upset if life doesn't treat you that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one, eh? Yeah. Tough one. We live in a very interesting time with all of the, the social awareness that's gone way past just being... It's not even sensical anymore. No. No, it's um, and you get so many. I mean, like maybe, maybe there's a bit of jealousy, but you get so many of these kids that um, mom and daddy's got lots of money and oh, trust these, fund kids, and they, you know, 18 years old, they're driving the top of the range four by four or sports car, or whatever. Do you think though? So when when that kid gets his first fucking Porsche at 18, yeah. and I buy my first City Golf. Mm. And I get in that car. Do you think that? And I bought it with my own money. Do you think there's they just like okay, I deserve this, and they carry on? Or do you think there's a little bit of gratitude? I don't know this because when I bought my first car and I climbed in, I'm like, I was fucking rock star. But in my mind, I did this. I bought this. I made this happen. Surely that's important. It is. It is. And that's <laughs> why I don't think they. And there's almost no care for money then. Mm. It almost, and I think that's where a lot of the times it gets, gets abused. And what? It, money? It, money. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything. You know, there's no it, value. There's no value to it. You know, so, whereas if you worked hard for it and you, you understand 
that's what I, I'm, even at, at this age now, like if my kids want something, they've got to be able to, to do something, you know, yeah, to yeah. either um, work in the garden or clean up the room or whatever. Then you get a 10 rand. Sure, or, give and take. Yeah. So it, it doesn't just, you know, you don't just get money for, just for the sake of getting money. And I think mm. that, that is something that we should be teaching in schools as well, is managing, managing money. I'm still blown away. Why are they teaching things that you can find on Google in a school? Why is it important for little Jimmy, who's 14 years old, to know what year Jan van Riebeek arrived in South Africa? Exactly. I can Google that. Exactly. That's parrot shit that we don't need. We need a people. How to do finances. Uh, what about some manners? <laughs> yeah. Different thing. Human interaction. How to do your tax forms. Yeah. Shit that's real. Exactly. Because everything, we can Google this. Yeah. Do you th- sorry, just jumping back quick thought what you said earlier at the previous place about why aren't people happy and how do you deal with it and whatever someone who's 18 who just gets their car yeah. and then they get a house and they get what does someone like that do for happiness because if I'm upset I love sneakers fucking love them mm. right and it makes me happy to buy them I might have to save up or this and that but there's a little goal, yeah. and when I get it, I'm like, fuck yeah, and for that moment, I'm happy. Mm. And, and in that singular moment, it might be five minutes opening the box, putting them on. In that five minutes, I'm happy. Pretty much as happy as when I bought my first car, because you can't compare them, there's that moment. Yes. But if you just get stuff, how do you find happiness there? Yeah. Look, I, I, hate, I hate to say that money doesn't buy happiness, because it's a hell of a lot easier to cry in your Ferrari than it is in your... <laughs> Um, in your polar, but <laughs> I think if you if you never had to work for that money, then I think you always you happy then you you're you're always stuff. Yeah, it's all all these materialistic things that you keep on buying that you're hoping will bring you happiness that never does. I think it's different if you had worked for worked for it your whole life and all of a sudden you win the lotto. Mm. I think you've got a different appreciation, and that will bring some sort of happiness because you could then get a lot more things that you've wanted your whole life that you know what you know what life is like without those things whereas if you just got them from a young age and whatever you wanted you got I don't know how you get happiness then (laughs) I don't know and the thing with that is also I I would kind of wonder the people that are around me what are the reasons they're around me for friends girlfriends wives this is this this is this Kim Kardashian culture <clears throat> no. where it's about fame and what you have and who you wear and who you're with mm. see now we're sounding like our parents <laughs> oh. but how many people are there then for you and not for your money no they want the clout yeah. Didn't, isn't that how Kim Kardashian started I think was it one way or the other I think if I'm not mistaken I think she was Paris Hilton's assistant in really? the past and that's what kind of got her into the fame world I think I'm going to Google this right now. I'm sure it is. Didn't she have like a sex tape or something as well? That's when she became famous. Yeah. Yeah, Kim Kardashian. You can have another one of those. Sure. Um, Brother. Sorry. Sorry, We have um, the same. Coke Zero, please. Same round. Thank you. Uh, Um, uh, Gin and tonic, please. Kim Kardashian, a former assistant to Paris Hilton in the early 2000s. That's where she got into the famous world. So she hung around and worked for a famous person and that's why she's famous. She did shit to earn her fame. 
Look, she and did a sex tape, sure, that's great. But Very clever of her as well, because I don't think she went to Paris Hilton because Paris Hilton was this hell of a nice person. Mm. She kind of saw Paris Hilton also had a sex tape. Yes. One Night in Paris, I think one it was called. Paris. Hmm. You ever see it? It's almost like One Night in Clarence. <laughs> well, based on what we saw at this place last night, you're... Thanks. We had an amazing show you last night. Um, the yeah, same one. Bavaria. Thanks, man. Yeah, we were sitting tonight. <laughs> tonight. Um, we were sitting here. It was a pretty interesting musical evening last night, which was yeah. great. It was very good. Mm. It's actually. One night in Clarence. Now you got to why? Why, <laughs> man? I remember. But, okay, jump back to tech. Yeah. In the old days, before social media, mm-hmm. because I remember as a young, young person, younger person, like when there was a sex tape out, like Paris Hilton, I'd have to go fucking search to find that thing. Yeah. It wasn't amazing. It was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah. But now I could probably type in three words and see it. <laughs> Literally, it's just a, yeah. it's all there. Yeah. All right. Tech. Mm-hmm. No, it's a different, different thing. <laughs> Coming back to that, that music last night, um, I was actually blown away by it and I wonder how many of these bands there are, mm. the amount of talent that we actually have in this country is ridiculous. I mean if you think of the, the amount of people that have, not, not just from um, artists point of view, but everything, you, know, yeah. you, you, can, you can name comedians, Trevor Noah, these guys that have now gone, and the people that have moved to New Zealand, Australia, mm. America from a young age, that you find out they're South Africans. Yeah. Is there a ridiculous amount of talent that has come through South Africa? And I really hope these guys that we watched last night, I hope they make it big time, because they were brilliant. It, the, it's Belinda Fanzee music. Yeah. And it's such a... Th- they're on Spotify as well. Yeah, yeah quite right. Yeah. So I'm looking, they've got 1,018 followers. Mm. On um, on Instagram here. Yeah. Now they crushed it. They were really, really good. They had this place when they jammed last night. They that had was this good. Place jamming. You probably could have heard us in Bethlehem last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do they make it bigger? What should they do? I think just more exposure. How? More shows. Instagram's a mess right now. Yeah. M- more shows, and I think with. I think the arts industry must be such a difficult thing because eh? you you just have to be seen by the right person. I think the right person has got to, like the right uh, record label. Mm. Um, and how do you how do you do that? Because there's a million other people that also want the same record deal. Mm-hmm. But I can't see how these guys will not because they're very marketable. Yeah, very marketable if you look at them. Yeah, I, I think great vibe. I think the, the word will get spread uh, mm. pretty quickly and yeah. but like just the, the, the songs they chose as well is all these and they did some originals as well yeah. yeah these classic old old school tunes that you can't help yourself but sing along and nah. and the energy they brought I mean they were going for about three three what's it, three and a half hours you were saying almost. they must be exhausted yeah I'm going to take a quick break I need to pee okay back in one sec perfect okay and we're back that was close <laughs> it was really close just in time you see your eyes start tearing. So. Mm-hmm. It was very close. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think with music, it's interesting because if I, as a photographer, I can post images out to Instagram and it's cool, people look at it for a second. Yes. There, oh, that's cool, double tap, like, move on. But for them, 
their art needs more time to be appreciated. Yeah. So, they, I mean, on their feed, they've got some pictures and stuff, which is fine, but they can't put 15 seconds, because probably, unless it's attached to something, people probably won't listen to it. How do you get the full appreciation of your art out in that instant? Yeah. Is it just hard work? I guess. Yeah. And I think they also probably need a fair amount of funding, I think, to get a lot of these things out, record labels. Mm. I haven't actually looked if they've got stuff on YouTube. It might, it might be interesting if they mm-hmm. do like a few uh, movies of their live shows. Because I tell you what, if you did a proper video of the show last night, I mean, they would they would take some serious traction for sure. Probably. Yeah. I still but wonder what they get paid. They were actually so good that we're going to watch them again this afternoon. Yeah, at the is it a trail run or a thing where there's a, like a what would it be like an outdoors event. Mm. What, is sport. what is it? Buddha sport. sport. Farmer sport. That's oh, interesting. Farmer sports. Who has the title? How do you, ex- how do you explain people farmer sport? Buddha sport. So the word Buddha sport. Buddha. Buddha sport. Buddha sport. Buddha sport translates directly to farmer's sport. Mm. So, it basically from an, an, an is it Afrikaans? Must be. Yeah. It's games that historically they did, which I'm assuming was for children. Yeah, just to keep us and busy. it's event. It's like one I can think of, and I must maybe Google this, but is running with an egg on a spoon. Yes. And you run, and whoever gets there first without dropping the egg. Yeah. S- sack races? What sack races, it? yeah. And it's, you put in, get in like a mealy bag or something in a yeah. corn bag and you jump. Jump. What else? The dung spitting. Was that Buddhist sport? Yeah, I'm sure it was, wasn't it? I guess. We should know this. We're very Afrikaans. Let me oh. see if I can find this on Google. It'd be interesting. Because, could you call it cultural games? I think that's probably the best way to describe it, yeah. Buddhist sport. Let's listen here. Okay. I'm just going to go on the top one here. And I'm not going to choose the... Afrikaans one. So, Burisport, staying fit South African style. What is it? Burisport is a true reflection of South African gears, which is spirit. Burisport games include a variety of fun traditional games that most South African kids grow up playing in their back gardens or on the playground. I must be honest, I never really did. There was like at school events, but not in my backyard. No. These are often played as team sports, which participants divided up into equal groups that compete against each other for the title of first place or even various homemade awards and spoils. You could, uh, awards can range from anything like sweets and chocolates to favorite coupons, <laughs> toys, books, and more. You could even use bottle caps to create, what is this shit? I don't know what it is. Um, it's not a televised sport, yeah, no. Oh, here's some examples. Three-legged race. Oh, that's where they tie, yeah. yeah. The activities focus on the team member cooperating because two legs are tied together. Tug of war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, book draw spitting. Yes. Like book draw is antelope shit, basically. Yeah. Pala dung or... Redo that with safari sometimes. Yeah. Wheelbarrow race. Yes. So it, you're basically going to push up, someone picks up your legs and you've got to run with them. Yeah. Egg and spoon race. Catty shooting. Okay. Don't know. The sack race. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of Bruce Sport. We're going to do that. Do that this afternoon. Are we just going to watch or are we doing it? Well, it depends. On what? What sports are doing? <laughs> <laughs> also, if we do tug of war against these farmers, we're fucked. Mm. Those are big boys. Eh? <laughs> no, they've got no chance there. <laughs> No chance. And they, they basically do it every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday anyway. Isn't brandy drinking also a Buddhist board? Just see. 
and then you go to UFC after that. Yeah, yeah. Get into octagon. I wonder if Brandy and Coke are going to mess. If Brandy and Coke is like an international thing, or was it more a South African drink? I haven't seen people drinking anywhere else. I know, like, I think bourbon is quite big in the States. Yeah, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, all that. But brandy, I think it's just South Africa. Do you enjoy brandy? No. No. It's very sweet, isn't it? I don't know. You know that one drink where you you had too much of it and you got sick the one time you could just never touch it again? Yes, uh, mine is Sambuca. So brandy and Malibu are my two things that are just... Malibu? Yeah. We used to have Malibu and Sprite. Malibu and Sprite? Mm. That's headache in a bottle, Mm. man. Um, okay, what comes up first here? How do you drink a brand new Coke? Under Blacktail NYC. So apparently it's an international thing. But I think our farmers made it famous. What is it? Because for me it just gets too sweet. No. It's just too it's, sweet. I can't... I, I, I don't... Is I, it the Coke though? Because I mean there's all the sugar in that. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the... The love of it. I think it's very sweet. I think it's easy to drink. But... I mean, in Afrikaans, we've got the same as Beklevein. Yeah. Fighting wine. Yeah. Nah. Frommoed. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Papa slant for mama or mama slant for papa? <laughs> yeah. Mom hits dad wine. It's, it's, for some reason, I don't know what it is, if it's in the brandy or in the Coke, but it just... It triggers brings, people. It brings out the boxing side of people. Yeah, it does. And it does. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm <clears> happy with a gin every now and then, but preferably whiskey. What, what, so Malibu and brandy? Yeah, Malibu and brandy and Jägermeister. Don't touch Jägermeister. No. There's, a, there's a cross on that thing, it's sure as fuck not from heaven. That so those three horrible. things, th- those three drinks, <laughs> g- give me tequila any day, whiskey no. any day. Gin, I can have one or two. Yeah. But... <laughs> I remember at university, so over my second year. And so, because the second year, the first years all have to build the floats oh, yeah? for rag. Right? Yeah. Different story. But I remember, so now we, we shit hot because we don't have to do that shit. Oh. We're going to sit and drink and watch them do it. Okay, a long time ago. So anyway, you're drinking from the afternoon. I mean, you start at like six in the morning, you just push through. Yeah. The last thing I remember, so <laughs> at, at this rag, which is like the first week normally of the academic year, you, there's beer gardens every night, there's music, it's a big piss up. Mm. And they had these, these, these plastic beer mugs with obviously 19 whatever it's on there blah 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 and you can then go and get bottomless beer and that's fine anyway so I remember a mate of mine pulls up in this parking lot kind of because it's where the party is oh. pulls up his car's hanging at the back <laughs> shit's loaded <laughs> heavy man so anyway so the Sambuca comes out and mm-hmm. I remember there was about from what I can recall it's vague very foggy I think it was about eight of us sitting in a circle mm. and the game was so you, you put something in and you've got to down it quickly and then as you finish you keep going and you put your cup on your head so you can prove it's finished yeah. anyway so we ended up with blue sambuca you know oh. the, the, the beer mug yeah yeah a third of that blue sambuca oh no, no. bad fucking idea it's the last thing so I remember downing that thing onto your head I don't recall anything from there oh. next, next thing my eyes open and I'm in fetal position and, and I'm like I, I, I'm on the floor but I'm in a room on a little carpet <laughs> and I open I'm like up against looking up against a wall and there's a little dustbin in the corner I'm like what the fuck where am I I think this is the, one of the very few times ever that I can't remember what happened mm. university days if I tried that stuff I would die today you know 
So I'm in fetal position on the ground. I half roll over. There's a bed next to me. Yeah. And Jan, one of my friends at the time, studying with me, him and some girl on the bed. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is strange. <laughs> so I've got all my clothes on. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Right? So I get up, open the door, and I check out down this passageway. I've no fucking idea where I'm. Nothing. Run. Nothing. <laughs> so I'm looking up and down. Walk, find a way out of this building. It was one of the hostels. Oh, yeah. But one of the new ones that built it Rao at the time. University of oh, Johannesburg shit, now. Yeah. I just left to my car. I think I slept in my car. I was driving a bright yellow Beetle, the old one. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the time. I think I slept in my car for like two, three hours. And then we met somewhere to start again. <laughs> University days, bro. It was nasty. No. Nasty. And I, since that day, and this is... Jesus. Is it 25, 27 years ago? No. Cannot look at Tabuka. No. No, no I'll just say Malibu, Brandy, Jagermeister. Jagermeister, I just... That's horrible. It's a cough syrup. No. I can maybe do a Jager bomb with a Red Bull. Maybe. But just Jagermeister on its own. It's horrible stuff. I had a... <laughs> Stories. There was at one of my at one of the lodges we managed. I'm not going to go names and stuff, but the a group of uh, it was an exco guy, the CEO, whatever, brought his exco out, yeah. and there were nine of them, ten. Sorry, I lie. One guy sat in front, and then you got three by three on the game view, mm. and they decided, and they were they were there for the weekend. It was a piss up. They had a meeting on Saturday morning, yeah. and the rest was just the guys getting sure. fucked. There's the red hair girl again. It's very bright. Anyway, so these guys decide... Can we use that as the cover photo of the podcast? <laughs> you can probably see her from space. Those here. Anyway, so these guys decide on this one game drive on the first afternoon what they're going to do. So where I'm sitting in the driver's seat. The first row, the guy on the left, was their finance director. And the guy at the back right was something they like media, IT, whatever the case. Yeah. The rest of them decided they're going to get these two oaks fucked. <laughs> So what they did, they took two bottles of Jägermeister on the car, and then every once in a while when we stop for a sighting, they say, okay, we're going to start from you, we go through, we all just have a, a quick shot out of the bottle. Yeah. It's pre-COVID days. So these two guys in the two corners, they take a shot every single time. None of the other guys do. They just we put stopped, their lips on it. Yeah. We stopped for drinks. These oaks fell out of the car. <laughs> they were motherless. Oh, no. Was, this carries on. The night was, it was a very interesting night. Yeah. Interesting with when you have boys together, Mm-mm. what can what can go wrong? Why do we act like savages? I think it's that again, it's that breakaway. It's a time for us where it's like, <laughs> do you feel guilty? Just though? gotta like blow off. Do steam. you feel guilty? Do you feel though? guilty the next day? When do you? Either, when, you when you're in the moment, you're like, oh, I feel oh. sorry for myself. Fuck, I had a hangover. Yeah. I struggle with it. No. The older I get, I'm like, I can't do this shit. I also, if I have a big night and with friends and things, the next morning I've got that guilt like. What did I do? Did I say something? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> did I? Did, did I say that? Didn't I? It's, it's that, that very like yeah. paranoia. Sensitive. It's funny. I th- that time in university, 27, 28 years ago. That's the last time that I can't remember. That was a total fucking blackout. Yeah. I don't get how people do that every weekend. No. How the hell do you keep no. going? Because even then, and I've always been into sport and fitness, competing at things and whatever. It would take me four or five days. To really get back, get, yeah. but people do it every single, and sometimes twice a weekend. No, but that you kind of, or well, for me anyway, I, I I get that if you started adding a lot of 
shooters and stuff in the mix. Oh, you mix it up. Yeah, no, you, you don't. Start if I stay with um, gins or whiskey or whatever, don't change lanes. I, I'm good. But if you start adding then the Jaeger bombs and the tequilas, like I could do a few tequilas, mm-hmm. but don't then give me like a spring bookie or then a strawberry lips and then a, then it starts getting messy. Uh-uh. Then nah. it starts getting messy. I'm also, we, like last night here, mm. at the, so we're sitting in a sports bar, they've got like an outside open type area. Last night these, um, this band was playing, they were great, and this bunch of golfing guys arrived. Yeah. They're playing golf apparently today, but they were not in good shape. I, eh? would, I would pay money to watch their golf game. Too. Yeah, no, for sure. But I look at that and like once in a while, once in a long time, I'm happy to, to let it off. Yeah. And then the next day I say to them, I'm never fucking doing that again. Yeah. But I'm much rather, like we're sitting here, we've had a couple of drinks, go for dinner, have a couple of bottles of wine, conversation, just that to me. And look, I might be older now, I get that. Yeah. But there's still people my age, and we know them, mm. and older guys, who every weekend, it's not just a bottle of wine with friends, it's, it's almost like the goal is to get it's as fine. fucked up as yeah. possible. I don't know. Mm-mm. I'm wired differently. Mm-mm. Also, like, the worst thing is, if you have a hangover and there's kids. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up, you went to bed at, like, two or three, and the kids come jump in your bed at five, and it's, like, not great. You what do you do then? What do I do then? Give them your phone. Go play a game. No, put on an Xbox and knock yourself out. No rules, as long as you want. Just, no, just go. Go. Mm-mm. That's why, like, yeah, I don't... What is the best hangover cure, though? Get back on it. <laughs> what are they called? Yeah. Get back on it. Fix, fix her up or whatever. Slowly get your hangover, like, it will slow down day by day. Under control. <laughs> I, must, yeah. I had a very interesting chat with Barry, my therapist. I'm, I'm going to have him on the podcast, like I said, but... There's, and then he sent me links to articles and stuff. So, with dementia, they used to talk about the kind of, it's a stage one through seven, it takes about 10 years if, on average. But now they started talking about the volume of the brain. Mm. So the, the volume, capacity volume, mm. and how dementia then the volume diminishes and stuff. And new studies, it's been a very long, I think they did 36,000 people over many years. How, from like 50s on, is and I must remember this now. I think if it was if you have four drinks a day on average, mm-hmm. like through a week, yeah. you're losing about ten years of brain age. So the volume. And once you're there, you're not fucking getting it back. No. That it's is crazy. I read that thing, it's scary as fuck. Like, That's oh. crazy. That's bad. Bad, bad, so bad. Some people are losing like I don't know, forty years. Oh, easy. <laughs> no, they're going backwards. Yeah. No, it's scary stuff, eh? Hey? Yeah. Wow. But then, but then people frown if you have a joint. Yeah. Yet, we can sit here and have four double gin and tonics or four double whiskeys, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Can I yeah. get you another one? You smoke a joint here, they're like, look at you, funny. Yeah. Which one's more dangerous? Yeah. Because weed makes you happy. Yeah. Or paranoid. Or paranoid. Paranoid squirrel. No. But I mean, you, I've never seen guys fight because of weed. Or uh-huh. you know, get into trouble because of it. I mean, it's true. Get up to mischief. Um, it's usually pretty. And you look at, I mean, a lot of the hippies. You even see them on the streets here. Yeah, I mean, they won't even, they won't hurt a tree or a, an ant or anything. They're love just, is love, bro. Love is love. They just, <laughs> they've actually got too much love for the world. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think alcohol abuse, I mean, especially in South Africa as well, I think mm. it's, it's so much more dangerous than, than any sort of weed product. But do you think it's being managed? What the... The process. Do you think people are paying enough attention? Oh, look at it. Do you think people pay enough attention? Oh, it's a band. No. Just talking about it. I don't think people are paying enough attention to that. No. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's, um, I think it's, it's a very old school mentality. What? That, like this anti-weed thing. I mean, yeah. we chatted to because um, the neck or what's it naked N-E-K, naked 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 yeah they're supposed to have a festival this weekend and it got, got cannabis canc- festival yeah. yeah it got cancelled for reasons that they, they couldn't tell us but the only thing that we can assume is that they had a kickback from local people that kind of said you know it's not gonna not gonna happen or because we asked them and they didn't want to say yeah you can't you can't bring this to our town or whatever very interesting it's funny how like, my folks obviously old school mm. and they got to a point as well where we'll talk about oh we'll get a joint maybe or this or gummies or whatever it might be yeah. initially my mom was like mm, not sure about yeah. this but she's like no hey man whatever oh. you do you but but even in the past I can say Johanna are going out and we're going to go to a club and drink yeah, okay good. have a good time just stay safe yeah. it's very strange very <laughs> strange bizarre very weird very, very weird. Mm. But I, I think, you know, so there is, there is a mind shift change starting. Um, so it's, it's been legalized in, in South Africa for your own personal use and growth. So you, 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 can't, you can't sell it. In the past, it used to be banned completely. Mm. Now you can grow it. And use it. And use it for yourself. But not in public. Or I, I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Look, I, I've, I've, I haven't seen a sign anywhere that says no cannabis allowed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, and you're not allowed to sell it mm. or buy it, mm. but that's how a lot of the places are getting around it. You do a membership. Yeah. So you pay your 50 rand membership, yeah. and then you can buy anything because now it's a, it's a member. Yeah. Well, that's how they're doing it currently and yeah. working. Yeah. Government, government will lock down on it soon enough. Because chatting to Luke about vape stuff. Yes. You know the vape juice. Yeah. So now, when the financial year ended in the end of Feb, from the first of March, apparently the government wanted to tax the vape juice. Something yeah. in the line of what did he say to me? Hang on. Was it 19 cents per milliliter? Yeah. Which means on a normal 50 mil, 100 yeah. mil, yeah. you'd almost double the price. Yeah. And he says it took him about 10 to 12 years from the government to catch up to that point now with everything going because I heard of a place in Johannesburg 420 Lounge which is this restaurant inside it's like an Amsterdam bar you're yeah. going to have a joint this that the other but it's also it's a membership you have to yeah. be a member to get it yeah. government will catch up some but it'll take a long time you know what it's my thing is always let it let it be let it happen until it really negatively affects everyone else with the people around it. Now, if, if people, you know, get out of that lounge or um, weed lounge, whatever it is, and they start, you know, robbing banks or shooting people mm. or getting into fights, then you've got an issue. If people are going from there back to their homes peacefully, what's the problem? 
what, what, what's the what, what's the problem? And it's the same thing with our when we had our alcohol ban. You know, they had military all over the place, and they said, yeah, you know, it's certain areas because domestic violence is a problem. Well, why not deploy those people to those areas? We know it's a problem. If because I want, we know where those areas are. We know, we know where those areas are. Hmm. If I go and buy my whiskey or whatever to enjoy at home privately, uh. not bothering anyone, uh. why should I be punished or a membership or a community or a club or a bar or lounge? Don't just blanket it. Bah. Why, why punish that if it's not negatively affecting people? Mm-hmm. Do you know that? I, I was being out of correction here, but someone told me that in Canada, and maybe some other countries as well, during that time where we were locked down, yeah. cultural differences, alcohol shops and that was an essential service. Yeah. So what does that mean? We just, we lose our shit as a community. And I'm group South African because yes. there's obviously different cultural groups and stuff in between. But essential service versus don't touch it. No. But with that, do you remember Nick from Kuru? One of the workers there. He's the maintenance guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Godfrey, the, mm. the barman person. Anyway, they. So at one stage, we just remember this now. We could buy alcohol from, well, you, from Monday to Thursday. Thursday yeah, and not on the weekends. Yeah. So I was visiting Grant, and on my way out, Nick came back from his leave, and it was during this time. Yeah. So you could only buy alcohol from Monday until Thursday, and then the weekends were normally when people would get pissed in the communities, right? Yeah. So I said to Nick, how's it going? He says, no, everything just changed. So they're all now basically just, from Friday, they, they can't buy alcohol, they work through the weekend, and they get shit-faced from Monday to Thursday. So the, that system didn't work. Didn't work, no. It's nice on paper. People are going to get shit-faced, going to get shit-faced. They'll find a way. And it's also, you know, for, for some people, like with, you know, we're talking about mental health, for some people that was their way to kind of deal with it. You've got kids at home, you, like, you can't go to work, you don't know if you're going to keep your job. Mm. For some people, that glass of wine, or bottle of, if they wanted to drink a bottle of wine, they couldn't go out anywhere, because mm. you couldn't drive anywhere. So no. if they want to drink a bottle of wine at home, let them drink a bottle of wine. You do you. That was... For a lot of people, and for me, to a degree, that is a kind of a, a switch off for me. Like, we were chatting, like, after you present, you know, presenting to guests at night or, you know, hosting guests on a safari. Yeah. At night, I can't go to sleep straight, straight away. I'm so wired because, mm. you know, you give me energy, you're answering questions, you're sorting out, okay, cool, guys, this is mm. the plan, you're speaking to the guides. When I get home, I'm like, oh, or to, uh, to, to my room at the lodge. I would most nights mm. order a glass of red wine or a whiskey, take it to to my tent and just sit there, enjoy the sounds, yeah. no, no lights on. It's not like you're smashing half a bottle. No, it's not like I'm taking a bottle and, and getting hammered and, and it's just that sort of deep brief, like, okay, cool, that was a cool day. Let's, you know, just get the brain to switch off and get the body to relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even in the week, come home sometimes and have... Um, glass of red wine with dinner one done but now the new thing and I saw this so obviously alcoholism is one thing yes but also now AUD alcohol use disorder is a medical condition characterized by impaired ability to stop or control alcohol use despite adverse social occupational or health consequences so you're not a full-blown alcoholic but you get a usage disorder yeah but if I look at some of the friends that, like some of Jono's mates, maybe these guys, they go pretty hard. Mm. So they use in a certain way, 
I use in another way. It just that's a very specific thing. Yeah. I might do one. Let's say I have a glass of wine every night. Yeah. One. So Monday to Thursday, that's four, mm. four drinks. Then Friday night, we have three beers at the office. Mm. Seven. We have a braai, maybe five, six drinks. Yeah. Sometimes a bit more. <laughs> six. So you're up to like thirteen or something. Yeah. Sunday normally not unless have a glass of wine. So fifteen a week. Yeah. That is. That is considered to all of this stuff. That's considered a disorder. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like I'm not under control. But who? And I'm, I don't who need decides it. that? Though? Those people on the internet. But who? Who are they? And, and that—that's good question. But, but that's that's my that's my biggest thing is who decides that shouldn't be. Is enough? that alcohol abuse? Yeah. It's using. So, spectrum of alcohol use disorder, mild, moderate, and severe. Where does it, what increases the risk, drinking at an early age, genetics, mental health. There's the one thing, though, with, um, okay, here we go, let's try this. What are the symptoms of AUD? A healthcare provider might ask the following questions to assess a person's symptoms. In the past year, have you? Had times when you ended up drinking more or longer than you intended. Yes, when we brought it you last weekend. Yeah. But more than once, wanted to cut down or stop drinking or tried to, but couldn't. No. No. Spend a lot of time drinking or being sick or getting over the after effects. Not really. Wanted to drink so badly you couldn't think of anything else. No. No. Found that drinking or being sick from drinking often interfered with taking care of your home or family or caused you. No. Continue to drink even though it was causing trouble with your family. No. No. Given up or cut back on activities that were important to you in order to drink? No. no. More than once got into situations while after drinking, increase your chances of getting hurt, such as driving, swimming, using heavy machinery, or having unprotected sex. <laughs> Continue to drink even though it was making you feel depressed, no. or having, a, even after blacking out, had to drink much more than you once did to get the effect. Found that when the effects of alcohol wearing off, you had withdrawal symptoms. So. No. So then it's not. And but no, that's what you're saying. Because if yeah. I look, at, and look, most most times in the week, I don't really. I mean, I try no. and I'll have, I don't know, Coke Zero and go sleep. No. But there are weeks when it's stressful at work, yeah. and I'm tired, and there's whatever the case, tax. And you just feel like it. Where, but, but again, if I have one glass of wine, let's say I have two glasses of wine a night. Yeah. That's eight Monday through Thursday. Yeah. Friday, have four, twelve. We have a braai. Sunday I go for a champagne breakfast. Even if it's up to 20 drinks that week, yeah. I don't even come close to what they say there. Yeah. Not even close. But it, I think for, for me, what highlighted there is it doesn't affect your life and those around you. So, like, I'm not, I'm not keeping my kids at home because I can't afford their school fees, but I can afford a bottle of whiskey. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not drinking or using money that I should be paying for my house. And you know, buying whiskey. I'm not waking up in the morning at nine o'clock mm-hmm. with a bottle of whiskey. I, I don't, I don't pass out on mm-hmm. the, uh, on the lounge or somewhere. I, I don't abuse nah. my kids. So for me, it's it's not an abuse. And I think it's also people's ability to handle drinks more than others. Sure. So we could sit here all night and have a whiskey, and we're not going to be stumbling nah. back home. We, we we can deal with it. You you get people that maybe don't drink for a month or two but then one night they go balls to the wall 
and they're falling and they mm. then it becomes you know, then it becomes a, a whole different story so yeah I don't think look don't drink a bottle of whiskey every night but um, I think the the, the, the playing field again you know as long as it doesn't affect the people around you in a negative way you know, and, and you, you can tell when it, when it becomes a problem if it, if it starts negatively affecting your work yeah. your friends and your family but I mean look, so let's say a couple of nights ago at your house we yeah. had a bride we started at two yeah. I think I left at seven yeah. and I took the bottle of whiskey that I brought back and maybe it was maybe half a bottle yeah. and that's over a ten eight hour period yes woke up in the morning and my, my biggest thing is I don't wake up from that with a hangover yeah. it's a lack of sleep because I don't sleep well Yes. So I wake up tired yeah. because it affects my sleeping. And that, that to me is something to consider. Yeah. Like if I know I have a big day tomorrow, I might have one or two glasses of wine because it makes me chill. Yeah. But it's a funny thing with sleep. Yes. Like one or two, if you hit the sweet spot, yeah. you sleep well. If you go over that, you're fucked. Yes, the red one for me is like the sleeping tablets. Really? Oh, if I, if I have trouble dosing, I smash a couple of glasses of red wine. Yeah. That makes me sleep straight through. Yeah. Strange thing. And it's also from, from, from a hosting point of view. Like, Do you believe you can be drinking fit? Yes. People talk about that. Yes. I want to Google something. No, I think it's definitely a thing. But, and this, this is going to sound terrible. And I hope, I mean this from the best possible way, but I can't entertain and host guests without having a drink. It's very difficult. With like, I mean, I can, I can sit there and have, have water and things, but I find I'm just... Uh, it's a social thing. You yeah. know, if, if my guests don't drink, then of course I'll respect that and not drink either. But if my guests are having a glass of wine and chatting, it's difficult to buzz and connect with them if you're not having a glass of wine as well. <laughs> I find. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I sound like a proper alcoholic. You do a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking, there's no, there's no thing. But, but I must be honest, if I go through a time where I'm focusing on training, I'm not traveling, I might not drink that much for two weeks. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah. And then you have, I don't know, there's more variables than that because I'll have one glass of wine and you're like, okay, hello. Yeah. And other times you buy four whiskeys in and there's nothing. But you can also, if, if you train hard like that, you can feel when you've had a drink. Oh, huge. From, from, from a training yeah, point of view. So that then, oh, huge. when you then train, you're like, fuck, why did I drink? And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to drink now because I know and I'm going to eat well and because your training just becomes so much better then. Mm. And I think that's where it goes. If, when, when I train as well, I don't really feel like drinking. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what, what, what your thoughts are from, from a hosting point of view, but it, for me, it's, 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 it's a kind of a stepping process that I go through my head when, when I'm hosting clients. So it's like, come back from drive. Mm. Okay, exhale, sure. cool, I'll have a whiskey. And then maybe like you know, glass of wine at dinner, relax, you know, chat a little bit more, mm. um, freely more, more easily, um, light-hearted it's stuff. It's almost a ritual. Yeah. It's part of the ritual of the whole thing. Yeah. I I did. I need to pee again. How do you not pee? I also probably need to go okay, see. Okay, let's have a quick break now. Okay. Okay, and we're back. Um, I was just thinking. I was talking about. A, do you know a guy called Andy Frisella? No. He's a like a business. I think he runs a sports supplement company out of the U.S. He runs a podcast called the MF CEO, the motherfucking CEO. 
Very, very kind of loud brass. He does a thing called 75 hard. Okay. Now what that is, 75 days of the following. No alcohol, two training sessions a day, yeah. one must be outside. Okay. I think you have to read 10 pages of some motivational self-help, whatever. Per day. Uh, per day, I think it's like, I'm under correction, a gallon or two of water. Okay. For 75 days. Mm. That's fucking hard. That's hard. The, the, the alcohol, I'm, I'm, easy, yeah. that I can do. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually thinking of now, with coming up, up until my Svalbard trip to kind of take a break totally. Yeah. But twice a day training is hard. It is. I know this. Easy to train in the morning, get yeah. it done. Afternoons but are hard. one tough, outside, man. so two for 75 days. But you check the results of people who've done it. Really? It's insane. But don't you think that a, like a sudden change of lifestyle has a negative effect on your... The, the body needs to be eased into a thing. So like if, if you now go on a... On 75 odd. Well, six, seven weeks of traveling, guiding, whatever. Yeah. And you come back and you like all of a sudden now say, boom, switch off. No drinking, no double training a day. Lift as heavy as you can. I, I, that look, change in the body, do you think, or is it better to go gradual I and think, sort of work your way up again? I think from a... It's a good question. I think from a sustainability point of view, the slow progress might be better. I think if you go fucking cold turkey on anything or you just suddenly jump into something, I think the the stress and the uncomfortableness thereof mm. fucks with our heads and people can't do it there whereas if it's a gradual thing you have time to adapt Men, I'm talking mentally yeah. so I mean, if you come back from six weeks of travel and you jump into training first of all you'll be so fucking sore the next day that you're yeah. not going to do it again yeah. so there the gradual increase might be but good that's th but if you if you want the big results yeah you're going to jump in all the way. You have to go through that fuck. It's going to suck balls. Yeah. But it's Because it, you, you must have found it as well. Like you, you train, 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 train. You go on a trip now for six, seven weeks. Now you're trying to do that training that you did six weeks, seven oh, weeks Christ. ago. Yeah, and you go in like, you can't do it in like, you, so you get so pissed with yourself, but then you push yourself almost up to a point where you could hurt a muscle. You, yeah, but no, you, you could walk for the next week. You could, could injure yourself. You don't train anyway. Exactly. You so stiff the next day. You can't yeah. lift anything up. You can't even. You're struggling to get out of bed. I think maybe. Yes, you should say to yourself, like, you know, I should have done instead of twenty, I should have done ten. ten. Mm. No, sure. And then I can do it again tomorrow. Yeah. I think if you plan it out well enough, today I'm going to do this, 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 this. It's still going to suck. I think it's possible to do it that way. Yeah. But mentally, I, the majority of people won't Locked. deal with it. Yeah. It's too much. Even, even something like, let's say for example, and I'm, I'm considering something like this, to go and say, no drinks until Svalbard. So it's a month, yeah. which is not difficult, but it's, yeah. it's almost a habit. Yeah. Like once a week, I have a glass of wine, this, that, the other. So to do that, and then to train, and then for example, to cut out sugar and drink yeah. water and, and that. I just think mentally, it's not impossible, it's just hard. Yeah. The body, I hear you on the body thing, so if you go in too hard, you can't move, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But if you plan it while you can, still, it's too fucking hard. The, the eating thing for me is, is a big thing as well. Like the, to eat right, like it sucks for the first few days, but then you get in such a routine. So I went, and it's all, I mean, 
I mean, you know the game. It's all like calorie deficit, right? So it would be so in the mornings it would be, and you would weigh everything out. And the thing is, you have the same food every day for a week, so you can prep for that whole week. It gets boring as hell, you know? but it would be like oats in the morning with a protein powder. Then you would have like a snack. It could be uh, blueberries, whatever, chicken breast with like a handful of broccoli, and then at night as well, chicken breast with broccoli and it, it's shit to eat and you think I could just do the pizza but after a week you feel the difference immediately it, it's, you do feel yeah. wow this is actually great and once you do that I found it was easier for me then having done that the eating with the training mm. to cut out the drinking to cut out alcohol. no sure because it, it feeds each other Yeah. because knowing I'm going to drink so this is probably mm. about calorie wise probably about 180 200 calories per drink yeah so i'm up to 400 the yeah. beers from earlier on you're looking at about 380 to 400 yeah. so i've drunk a thousand calories yeah which on my if i need to sustain and or lose weight my calorie deficit is about 24 to two something yeah so i'm already half of it and haven't even breakfast i'm fucking over for the day yeah so when you start having that focus, the determination of I want to achieve X, yes. that's just, just to say I'm going to just stop drinking. No. It has to be part of a bigger system exactly. that all supports it. If you, if you don't, I find if you don't train and eat right, yeah. it's difficult to cut out the drinking yeah. side of it. Because you, then you're not working. And once you can see the results from what you're that's doing, it starts motivating and yeah, it starts pushing you over. Like, okay, now I get why I do this. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to necessarily be. What the fuck? It's very noisy. It doesn't necessarily have to be dropping kilograms. It could be centimeters or, no. or just feeling great. It might be feeling, I'm, I could only do 10, now I can do 12. Yeah. I'm, I, need, I need some kind of, I want to compete at something. And coming back to that, I feel no. I need that. But not, with travel, it's impossible. No. So something like for me, like, and I'm, I'm working it in between trips. Yeah. So from Tuesday, for example, until Svalbard gives me like five weeks. That's my own competition. I'm going to do X. Yeah. Thinking about it. But yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah. The lifestyle is very hard. It's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. It's, look, it's cool lifestyle. You get to see cool things. But from the self-care point of view, it, it does become very difficult. Because you, you, on those trips, you give, 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 give. And like you can make some time, a small uh. part of it for yourself. But it's still not in the comfort of your environment. Because then we start feeling guilty as well. Yeah. And it's also I, not, not, not in your environment. Like, I, I live, well, I love my house and, like, sitting there on the veranda. And mm. that's my sort of yeah. comfort or breakaway music. Yeah. I think one day we must, on the Wild Eye podcast, we must get the guys together and talk specifically about on trips and at home, self care from a guiding point of view. Yeah. Something they don't teach you ever in guiding school. No. Uh, majority. I was speaking to, to Jason in one of the previous episodes, a vet. Yes. You know. Yeah. And vets have one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Really? I didn't know that. No, same. But as a part of their, their curriculum, which is very intense and very long, there's like one couple of weeks module on how to deal with people. That's messed no. up. I suppose because you're, you're dealing with people's pets that are like, it's like family. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to do whatever you have to do to save that animal. I, no, it's I hard. get that. Very, very hard. But it's the same with, with, with guiding, you know, people have certain perceptions or certain um, um, 
Yes, yeah, so, so, so yeah, perceptions of what the safari should be like based on what they've seen online or on websites. And, and if it doesn't go that way, then people are naturally disappointed, you know, and you've got to manage those expectations, which is not always easy. It's, it's, it's easier with some people, more so with some people than others, but it's, it's a thing. It's, it's, not a, it's not a cheap holiday, and people want... As soon as people pay that amount of money for something, they want to you know, almost they don't get own, what they paid for. They yeah. think they own it. Yeah. Now we're starting to go, my battery's running out here, but that's an interesting topic. We're going to do this again because, and not, our current guests are phenomenal, but a lot of people who don't know the game, that come into this for the first time from a safari point of view, yeah. they book a private guided safari. Mm. Yes, you're booking my services. Yes, I'm going to give you 120% of my attention, effort, all of those things. But it's still a person. Yeah. I am still a person. We still need to look after ourselves. Yes. And I've had one or two guests in the past who don't get that. Yeah. It's just more, more. No. And my go-to with a lot of people is, look, listen, you're on holiday. I'm working. Yeah. So you guys have another drink. I'm going to excuse myself. I, I sometimes even, you know, I'm going to do some emails or whatever. Even if that's, I go sit outside my tent and just breathe for a while. Yeah. That's a big thing. You have to do that. It's a big thing. You have to do that. I think young guys struggle with it. Yeah. They don't know. They just keep giving. And I'm, I'm all for giving. I'm, a, I'm all about energy. Give, give, give more, more, more. So, yeah. But that self-care thing without feeling guilty? I think it, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to also just being, it is okay to say to guests, listen, I'm knackered. We... Why can't we? You have to be honest about it. We did Serengeti now. We did 12 days. Um, just tell me when I'm going to stop talking. It's a large girl for insurance. We did 12 days of 13-hour game drives every day. The last two days, we know. were broken. And we were sent to guests. That I late for something. Where's the farmers again? Um, <laughs> and it is okay to say to the guests, listen, I'm broken. I'm They'll understand. Knackered, it. yeah. If you're human. open and honest all the time with them. Yeah. And that's, I think, it's both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because, from our point of view, yeah. it's a blessing in that we're very good with people, yeah. but sometimes we need to manage ourselves as well. Yeah. That's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap this one. Finish this drink, and then we're going to do Buddha Sport. Buddha Sport. Buddha Sport. Bro, thank you so much. Thank you. Good fun. We'll do this again. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think the wildlife podcast kind of specifically speak mental health from a guiding point of view. I think if the guys are open to it. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Ruth, thank you so much. Cheers, Thanks, thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Episode. Chat to you later. Bye. Cheers.